Hey everyone, we are finally back with Black Mirror season four. It's taking a minute. It's taking a minute. Not because it's it's just difficult to know when to schedule these longer televisual episodes in. You know, a lot of research needs to go into. Yeah, because it's more than just watching it again. You kind of got to take a lot of notes and and pick up on little hints and stuff that come into it because it's a very intricate show in terms of how they just how they write it and how they word everything and how they do the show. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. But before, well, there's two things. Before we get into this, there's two things. One is linking back to another episode we did, which is Project Blue Beam. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen all the UFO UFO shit this week, but I there's don't... fucking tons of it. A whistleblower uh, who worked for the American government worked for the special forces or Secret Service, and he's just gone like, we've got bodies, we've got fucking crashed UFOs, we've got all sorts of shit, and then. To a point that's on the mainstream news talking about it. You know, it's not just conspiracy, hidden documents, all that shit. The mainstream news is just going, yes, we are admitting that aliens exist. And it's just, to me, it's just part of Blue Beam, right? It just seems like bullshit. The mainstream news is talking about it. I don't believe it. It's something... They're gearing up for it, mate. They're gearing up for something. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. So I thought I'd mention that before we get started. And then the other thing that does tie into Black Mirror hugely, all episodes of Black Mirror, and Cyberpunk as well if you play that game, is the Apple Vision Pro, which is an augmented reality headset that Apple have just announced for $3,000. You can put it on your head and you can change everything around you, the room, what it looks like. You can make it appear like you're in another reality, but you could also make it like this desk just looks different when you're sat at a desk you don't need a computer anymore because it would just pop up on the in oh, front of you right. and type there's going to be loads of applications for it everyone's jumping in already for it uh like disney have already said yep we're in we're gonna we're gonna have disney plus on there we're gonna have disney experience where you can go and walk around our theme parks via this headset Ugh. and from what we see and this is only version one it is so far advanced to any other vr headset but it also includes the AR, which is where you can place things in your living space and they just look like they're there when you've got the headset on. Right. And it, to me, it's the darkest shit. Like, you think about how people get sucked into, like, TikTok or sucked into Facebook or Instagram or social media, full stop, and they just, all day, they're just constantly picking their phone up and checking and checking and checking, looking for their dopamine. Well, now it's in your room. Like, what now you can have those dances. Like, they just look like they're standing in your room. Yeah, so horny geezers just be like bang one out over the fucking TikTok dances because yeah. they look like they're standing in your room. The pornography applications that are going to come. I was going to say it's going to make porn very they're interesting. Gonna fu- they're going to fucking kill people. That shit. Like they're going to ruin people's relationships. <laughs> We're going to be ripping the head off it constantly. Uh, if we go back to Black Mirror, a complete history of you when they're having sex and they're and they're both looking at their memories from the past. Yeah. Uh, well, you know he is. You don't know who she's. Well, yeah, uh, but yeah. that's left up for you. Yeah. Essentially, you could put your headset on and have sex with a real-life person, but have them replaced by what you see with what the headset see, on. Yeah. I mean, this is weird. This is the dark. It's dark. It's so fucking dark, this tech. And I just wanted to bring that up to gauge your response to it. Because I, I look at it and think this is going to fucking change the world, right? The iPhone did. Yeah. The iPhone, it changed the world. It changed Changed the world in lots of good ways, but seriously negative ways. Mobile phones were not what they are now without the iPhone being released. Well, yeah, you weren't you weren't able to act. You, basically, what's it? Is it is it the statement that the phone that we hold in our hands is is more powerful than the technology that put a man on the moon? So you think you have this in your hand? 
when back until that was released, what you had a phone that literally did calls, did texts, um, a little bit of Bluetooth. Yeah, some internet browser, but yeah. it was never really that good. And in fact, websites at the time were still made for desktop. Now, websites are made for phones more than desktop. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, and Snake. Yeah, you had Snake on there and you might get Bluetooth for a couple of porno videos off your mate or yeah. something, you know, like something like that sent over. Yeah. But now, you know, mobile phones, literally instant access to porn anywhere in the world. It's a fucking weird thing for anyone to have. Fucking, pretty much access to anything. Well, to anything, yeah. And we've never had that before. Shopping, all this stuff, like all this stuff that online shopping existed, but now it's so accessible and easy. You take that and now you put it in front of your eyes all the time. Like advertisement. How do you escape advertisement when you're wearing this thing? It's like Ready Player One, you know? Yeah, you've got your you're in Ready this one. world. It it it's the creepiest technology that we've seen so far. And a lot of people are praising it, going, I can't wait. And it's like the gamer in me goes, This could be fun. But the realist in me is start I don't want it. No. I don't want it. I don't want that. I think it's gonna be too powerful and I think it will suck people in. You can, you're gonna get to the point where ki- all kids a lot of them. And they won't even need to go to school anymore because you put the headset on and you're, and you're in the classroom. Yeah, so you won't even need to go to school anymore. You won't even need to go to work. You, you, the office is there, right? Yeah. The office is in front of you and we're already moving towards that. But like, just in general, like social interactions are so low at the moment. They're probably the lowest point in history for humans to socially interact with others because of things like, like online shopping, for example. It's taken away for a lot of people just saying good morning to someone when you buy your fucking milk you know yeah. or you know you go to a clothes shop and you try something on and you just have a little bit of fucking banter or not even that just niceties with a fucking real life person yeah and i see this headset as literally a fucking demon like in my mind it's just once people have got those because the price will start to come down as well always does once we're on version three version four there'll be about a grand but because they'll be unmissable because you want everything will move towards it like like most websites and stuff did. They'll force you to get it. You, they'll force you to get it. And mobile phones, people have been paying a grand for mobile phones for years already. So yeah. let's not think that that's out of the realm of possibility. No. People will live in the fucking things. That's the problem. People will walk down the street with them in. And they even kind of show you that in the video. They show you people walking around their home with it in. And they're like, look at stuff. And they can see the expiry date of everything in the fridge. And they can look at this and look at that. And like... And they're trying to show it in yeah. such a positive light, but... You're getting low on something, so it's like, right, do you want to order? And it's literally just click. Yeah, click, and you can get it. And it's all fed through that. Linked Amazon Pantry, and it gets but dispatched. I, I was also thinking about the advertising applications for this, right? They'll be able to see what adverts your eyes actually light up for. Yeah. So they'll be able to have way better data on what visually stimulates you than ever before yeah because on your phone you might linger on something i've done it a few times where i flick through a fucking something and there's an ad and i'm like what the fuck is that and i'm like oh i'm not interested in that but because i lingered on it for a couple of minutes they keep fucking showing it to me but then i'm skipping it every time because i'm like fuck this but, but they'll be able to see that it wasn't me just lingering at it. they may they'll be able to see my pupils move me go you know take a look back yeah everything will be there from this fucking camera um and they're trying to like well, you know, maybe if you wear glasses is, is what I saw a lot of comments going. Well, if you wear glasses and your glasses are for distance or for reading, you can actually just take your glasses off and because you're looking at a screen and the screen is at this certain position for you to see everything, everything will just be naturally brought close and you won't need your glasses because you've got this headset on. But you've still got a headset on, you know. Yeah. It's, it just, it seems to, they're going to make it so reliable that people are going to be... It's going to get smaller 
it will get lots more low. and more convenient, more portable. Well, the end game is going to be contacts, right? For sure. Yeah, probably. The end game will be contacts. Well, now you go Black Mirror. It's just a device. It's just a device planted in your temple. Well, it will, well, eventually it will be neural link, and it will bypass everything. It will even bypass your eyes. Really, you don't need your eyes anymore to surf it. Like at the moment with this tech, you're still going to need a handheld device and a keyboard with it right. to fully use it. So. To me, it's like possibly one of the most dangerous tech to come out combined with the future of AI. I think it's a serious fucking issue that could really limit human potential. You know, a lot of people see it as, no, no, it's just another thing to explore. And it's like, yeah, man, like, um, and I, I, had a, I, had, I had a joke with someone I know uh, and I was like, yeah, you could just like make furry porn on it, right? Just get in there early and fill it with fucking downloadable blender made furry avatars that people can fuck and you'd corner that market and the day it gets launched like all the furries will just go right boom it's like two two quid each for a furry avatar to smash like <laughs> and you can position it and move oh, it around with your hands and all no. that but you know it's going to happen but there's also so going back to black mirror there's also the ability to record what you see on this device Really? Yes. Oh, fuck. Because they show you it. They're like recording the kids' first walk and all this from their vision. So it's like, not like your phone you have to hold out and look through. It's like, you're looking, so you're not looking away, which you see people do all the time. They're looking away to look at their phone. They're not seeing what's right in front of them. Yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just click record and boom, it's recording what's in front of you. But people are going to use that for sex for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. Right? I mean, that's probably the first and then, thing. And then they'll be able to fuck it. It'd be easier for them to upload shit to the be, internet. It'd be like easier that. to upload it. Uh, upload it. Um, obviously you're going to have to explain to the girl why you want your fucking headset on. But why you, after why you look like a fucking idiot. But after time, that's going to be regarded as standard, right? Yeah. Oh no, because I want the lighting in the room and I want the this and I want that, you know, that's going to be a standard for people to do that because you will be able to change the way the room looks. You also will be able to change the way the partner looks. And for some people- Deep faking. Pe- it, it, yeah, or deep fake, scan someone else over the person you're smashing. Like, yeah, I mean, you've, always want, is, you've always wanted to fuck a celebrity. So you deep fake her face onto your, onto the bird. Celebrities is bad enough, but like people are going to do it with their neighbours and shit. This has always been my issue with deep fake full stop. How many people deep fake the fucking girl next door or the woman they work with or yeah. or they find a fucking girl that they know kind of, they find her Facebook profile, they download 20 images of her and just deep fake her getting fucking deep throated or something. like. <laughs> but you know people are doing that already because they're not going to, oh, up- yeah. they're never uploading that to the internet because they don't want to get caught. No. They have that on their hardware. No one knows about it. It's private. They yeah. keep it to themselves. This stuff's yeah, getting... Those just- of you that are listening that do that, we're fucking on to you, man. Yeah, we're on to you, scumbag. But <laughs> we know it's happening. It's definitely happening. It'd yeah. be easy. Like You could do it. You just download any deepfake app and you could do it with anyone in the world. Yeah. You know? It's why um, Reface, when that came out... Reface? Yeah. So Reface was the first AI software to, oh, okay. to deepfake um, via an app. It was like eight pounds a month, something like that. Because mm-hmm. I had it, because I was making these memes with like Jeffrey Epstein dancing and shit, because I thought it was funny, right? Right. And then within about three months, they put out this big thing, like, please sign this consent form, and they banned porn from it. <laughs> because you could upload any video, right? Yeah. And they just realized that, fuck me, the app within three months was 90% porn usage. It tends to be the way it seems to go, eh? Yeah. And they were like, just literally, people just upload a minute. That's what happened with Tumblr. Yeah. It was just like, within a minute, they're uploading. But the difference with this is they know they can get sued to fuck if their software is being used for to that. for that. So they, they, they banned it. But the fact it took three months and then they had to, it shows you how bad it must have been. Yeah. Three months for a new app is nothing. 
right? Yeah, and it, it was cluttered within like a month, probably. Yeah, and they just, well, what are people using this for? Porn. Porn. Of course, they're using it Mostly for porn. Mostly porn. Yeah. You know, there was a time period where you'd see people put themselves as Indiana Jones or something. You'd see these little videos of their face on Indiana Jones. And that's when the app came out. It's about two years ago the app came out. But there's now other ones that are like based in Russia, based in like fucking Middle East and all these other countries where that's where their hub is or based in Asia somewhere, they don't give a flying fuck what you upload, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you even see ads for these apps now, like on porn sites and stuff like that. You'll see the ad. Add anyone's face to this oh, video. Oh, right, ooh, yeah. That shit. And it's just like, well, they found the right target audience if it's on a porn site. And yeah, how many people is. jerking off to the porn site are like, people typing in stepmom and all that. They're like, oh, oh well, I don't know. I can download this stepmom porn and then actually put my stepmom on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so it's so dark, and this is going to make it worse. Um, we have no digital consent in our world at all. We really don't. Like with Facebook and stuff, we have no consent as to what Facebook does with our images or no. what anyone else who's using Facebook can do with our images. No, we have no that. bill of rights for the internet for us as individuals. We have nothing like that. No. And we're going to fucking need to because this shit's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. I mean, just look at the way our data is sold and the amount of money they earn off your data for example it could be something like everyone is worth about 10 grand's worth of data every person on the planet is worth about 10 grand probably more yeah you see probably. you don't see a single depending, penny depending on who you are yeah but you don't see a single penny of that data, that money huh. it all goes to these other companies amazon facebook they all carve it up and they just sell off your data to advertising firms and we have no say in that matter yeah. never before have we had that never before have we able, we've been able to be targeted to our to perfection with fucking advertisement, you know? I don't know. The ads I get on my phone aren't tied to protect to perfection. Most of them are fucking dog shit. Well, most of mine are dog shit, but they still have, like, linked to, like... I keep getting adverts for anime t-shirts recently and video game t-shirts. Now, I'm not going to wear any of them, but they know that you like I've liked those two subjects and they're just trying to sell me a product, you know? And it's it's scary and, it, and, and it's going to be unescapable with this headset on. It won't, unless you take the fucking thing off. Burn it. But then you look at this. You look at this way: housing market shit. People having to move into smaller and smaller spaces. Owning put, one a visor, of the, put a visor on, and all of a sudden you live es- in a mansion. You escape that space you're in. You could more be in, you be sat in the middle of the field. You could be sat on Mars. You'd be sat on the moon. More escapism. Be like, be like a brain dance. You know, you just fucking they're yeah. in there. It's more more escapism. And it is escapism. And so once you get that, and you get people that are living in these. Oh, can you imagine brain dances? Well, but this is where this is going to go, for sure. Is where it's going to go. How can it not go that way? No, yeah, yeah that, that's literally where it will go. People that people will be wearing these headsets, and doing something, committing a crime or whatever, and then people get that data and they just fucking sell it. They sell it on, on, on like a fucking like you know the deep web or something. Yeah, but the, the problem is with this being Apple and then being the first to do it. Like the the uh, graphics are so far beyond what Facebook showed off for the metaverse that the metaverse is dead with this. Facebook's metaverse is fucked with this Apple device. Facebook's metaverse was dead before it even started. It was, but it's not got any, like now. But the thing is, like, if you want to buy anything, because that's the other thing, you're not going to get shit for free on it. No. Yeah, you want to decorate your room to look like an open field, you're going to have to download and buy the open field, right? So that you can sit in and meditate or whatever the fuck it is. 
you you <laughs> download the field expansion for thirty nine ninety nine. It's all going to be like that. It's it's and and who's making the money off it? Well, Apple, Apple. because they've cornered it. No right. one else and apparently is close to cl- doing this tech. And the develop and the, whoever developed the program program for it. Yeah, well, you know what it's like with Apple apps. They, they take like thirty percent or something of the sales, so Do they? they don't give a fuck. You know. No. Um, yeah, and a bunch of people have signed up to it already. Disney, Spotify is another one who said, "Yep, yeah, we want on it." Even though Apple's a competitor, they're like, we cannot not have our fucking thing on this. So they've signed up as a partner. Um, but, you know, uh, I think what Spotify will start doing is concerts. Yeah. You'll be able to be in concerts and walk around concerts. I think, they, I think they've started doing that. And not, not like that, but I think they've started putting concerts on. Um, yeah, and uh, the Disney one's going to be, they're going to make movies. They're going to make fully 3D interactive movies that you are in the movie. Oh, you can walk around the movie gosh, and see everything from right. a different angle. And prepare, yeah. prepare for more remakes of your favorite classics. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to want to do it in every way possible, right? Yeah. I just think we're fucked. I already know people that play video games too much. Yeah. I already know people that can't peel themselves off their phone. Mm-hmm. This to them is going to be crack. It's oh, going to yeah. be like taking crack, and it's going to get addictive. You know, we're going to be. Quickly. You know, we're going to any any. And the weird thing is, any sci-fi about this shit has always shown it negatively, whether it be Ready Player One which is quite an uplifting story when you think about it, but it's still, there's a negative force in that trying to manipulate this thing for itself. Yeah. Um, Sword Art Online, like Dot Hack, all these things, that these animes, these movies, uh, Lawnmower Man, all these stuff, Tron, it's all, there's all a negative shit attached to it, yeah. you know, and I can't see us being good enough to, as as a race, good enough as a, as a fucking planet to avoid these trappings. And I don't think the people pushing this tech are good enough to avoid fucking us up for they profit. They, they don't fucking care. Because they don't care. And it's, uh, it's, I think we're on a precipice of some dark fucking times. Yeah, so a bit of doom and gloom to start this off, but it does tie into... Instead, instead of instead of burning down Arasaka, you're going to burn down Apple Headquarters. Apple Headquarters. They're going to nuke it. Well, I put that thing out when my Facebook was still active the other day. I was like, why is it that my two favourite games literally involve terrorists fucking taking, down a, taking on a corporation? <laughs> I was like... So, yeah, there must be something wrong with me. Seven and, seven <laughs> There's and obviously seven something on. going on there. Yeah, But yes, we do need to start with uh, Black Mirror Season 4, which is a, another six-episode uh, season. It is a six-episode season. So, uh, yeah, so one of only two six-episode seasons, because even the season that's coming out is five episodes. Yeah. Right. Episode one, the USS Callister. This is a very um, Star Trek-y-themed episode in, in, in some part. And it does quite tie into what we were just talking about with this vision pro yeah. thing as well. Yeah, we start off the episode on a spaceship, which is very reminiscent, I feel, of like Star Trek, the uniforms, yeah, it, everything. He, um, Charlie Brooker said that like his two big influences on this episode were a couple of episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, there's an episode of Twilight Zone about a little boy who basically, basically this episode of Twilight Zone about this little boy overtaking this town is basically the story of One Division, right? Oh right, literally in black and white from the fucking sixties in Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. Where his kid's just evil, and he's just forcing people to be in this world. Yeah. And Star Trek, he said, they're the two big influences on this episode. So. Right. Your captain of the ship and is one of our uh, one of our main characters. Is they're, they're they're engaged in a uh, a conflict with a villain. And yeah, it goes through the negotiations. He blasts them. Everybody's happy. Yeah, it seems like a run of the mill. And then he kisses the two, but the two girls that are the two women that are on on board. He kisses both of them before he leaves. And the actor is um, was it uh, Jesse Jesse Plemons? Yeah, Plemons, who 
you said he's been breaking bad and I've seen him in a few uh, yeah he's in quite a lot so he's a good actor he's a yeah. solid actor and um, also quick side note the the black chick he kisses yeah in this episode she is in nosedive she is the bitchy air steward in in uh, that says you can't get on the flight in nosedive same is she actress. actually yeah it's the same actress ah uh, yeah well they do do that a little bit with um with the black a few times episodes. yeah yeah yeah, after the mission is complete, he we jumped to him in in the real world, and he is a game developer called um, Robert Daly, who works at a company called Callister Inc., which he co-founded. Which he co-founded with um, his long, like, like a college friend or a long-time friend, eh? yeah. Jesse um, uh, Walton. Yeah, who's uh, he's in always sunny that guy. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's one of the two uh, weird, what the, I can't remember the family name, the two weird brothers that are like right. incestuous or whatever. It okay. like, isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He looks like Tien. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, yeah, he does a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, so this is when we kind of, as he goes to work, you see he's just not very well thought of. Like, you don't really know it was, is, is standing in the company at this point. No. You, he, you just think he's just an employee there. He's just, he's got no balls. He's got no, very no one me- gives a shit about him, you know. Yeah, despite him being the guy that basically is why the reason they have jobs, he's pretty much treated like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, because uh, with the receptionist, he hasn't got his pass and she yeah. just doesn't give a fuck. No. It's like he co-founded the company, like you just don't care. And it reminds me of the uh, Mark Zuckerberg story because originally Facebook was founded by two. Yes, right. And one was the smart one who come up with him, but Zuck was the fucking one pushing the money and pushing everything. And they just fucked the other guy out of there, yeah, you know? Yeah, bought him out and fucked him off. Yeah, so this is where you start seeing that the the crew members are people that work in his in this, yeah. uh, in this this for this company and they all treat him like shit. Yeah. Basically, they look down on him. Then we meet uh, Nanette, who is the new girl. She's just signed on with the company she loves daily's work she thinks he's a yeah, genius she thinks he, she she's the only one in that entire place that actually gives a fuck about what he's done even though he's a kind of creeper as well yeah and she is played by um kristin malotti who people will know from she's the mother from how i met your mother yeah 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 we re- we find out about daily and and walton's um starting of the company when Daly goes to his apartment, the lights come on like sensors. So you don't even need to flip a switch now. It just it's motion censored. So I'm not sure if that's the thing we already have. Like apart from actual motion sensors. I think we do now. I think with things like Alexa and stuff, we have stuff like that now. Like smart lights um, and stuff yeah, like that. We have that kind of thing where you can just speak to it and say, Oh, you can tell it you're gonna I'm gonna be home in five minutes and then yeah. even later on, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, we get, we're getting there closer and closer and closer. Yeah, there's like cameras on the door, and you let you able to communicate, which we already have all that's, that sort that's of stuff. The worst anyway. thing about this entire series is just how close now we are to detect that's on display in this. Yeah, this you was know. this was 2017, I think. Yeah. Season four it came kinda, out. It kind of felt like maybe 10, 15 years would see this stuff. Yeah. We're really close to a lot of the tech in this season. So this is where we we see Daily has his own private mod. Of the game, so the guy, the game itself, which is called Infinity, he has his own off-system yeah, version, offline sort of system that he he's made up that has basically the base it's game. Private is, server, yeah. yeah, it's private server, yeah, based off of an, of an MMO, which has got apparently shitloads of planets and everything. It's a bit a bit like No Man's Sky in a little way, but you have got your own ship. And it's, yeah, he he rocks up there, and it's basically played out like a like an episode of Star Trek, but we find he's a fucking absolute tyrant and doesn't mind doesn't mind torturing his his crew. Because inside, in, in the real world, he's a pushover and he can't stand up for himself. And even when he's talking to the co-founder and the guy's like, got to have some fucking balls, man. 
and he's a little bit harsh to him, but you can see it comes from a place of him caring about him. Mm. He's just like, you've got to fucking stand up for yourself. Like, I can't do all the work. You're going to have to. You're a brilliant, smart motherfucker. Do something about it. But he's so weak that he ha- he, he hates the guy for that. And yeah. he, he's like, no, I'm, I'm putting you inside this world. I'm putting you in this world and I'm going to treat you like shit. And I'm going to, oh, that, that receptionist. Yeah, she's a bitch to me. She's in my world. At this point, we don't know, we don't know how he's managed to get these copies of his of these people into, into the game. Yeah. Because they're pretty much meant to be exact duplicates. Yeah, and you might, and from the way they kind of word it in it is that like you have to consent when you're playing the the version of the game that is actually open for everyone, the the real version, the, you know, not his private one. You you would download a version of yourself and do that. Yeah. But you've consented to that, and it's for your use, and no one else has power over it or manipulation yeah, yeah. of it. You know, but in his private version of the game, he's God in that game and anything he wants to happen including to you happens and you can't die and you can't die and and i, I want to explain like it's basically a copy of your consciousness that's put into the game so, I mean, so what was she which we've seen in previous episodes like with um, white christmas with yeah. the cookie and stuff like that yeah so it's, it's so it feels you know it's basically a digital version of you but it's real like it has a it has a feeling for it and then obviously later in um black museum we hear that like the un and shit had to step in and stop make regulation to stop this which we'll get to later because people just keep fucking abusing it they just abuse the fact that you can download a version of yourself or someone else to something and it's like what are the ethics of this so yeah we we go for this thing like um he takes a shining turn in that but he overhears a conversation when um what when the black girl says oh you you know watch out watch out for me he's like you know don't don't fucking fuck him or anything like that He's like, oh no no it's nothing like that it's nothing it's nothing like that. I just I just admire his work and stuff like that and he overhears that and that's to him that's just another one yeah but that's the the weird thing is like any normal guy would go she might just be saving face she she's clearly into him in a in some mental, way in some way that could blossom into something if he just sorted himself the fuck out yeah but no he takes that as another person rejecting him another person being a cunt to him yeah. so now he hates her. Now, now he's he doesn't like her anymore. That's it. You're an enemy of mine. Yeah, it's such a weak fucking mindset. Incel in a way. It's very. He's he's a huge incel. This guy, massive incel. Yeah. So he, when after she leaves work, he basically takes her coffee cup lid, and this is where we find that he has a device that basically clones DNA and and simulates it into into his game. I wanted to clarify how that works to get a consciousness on there. Yeah. So I looked it up and I, I think this is official because they're saying in the book, this, in the book, that, in the Black Mirror book, the unofficial and the official and this. Charlie Booker in an interview said, basically, once you have your DNA, you can use your DNA to download information from your brain. So that's what he's doing. Right. So he gets that DNA and then boom, he can download the grain information that they all have. Like they're all, okay. what, or whatever they've uploaded to a server. He can just steal it. Yeah. As soon as, because your DNA is your password, right? Yeah. So it's like stealing someone's password to download their consciousness. And that's right. what, that's the explanation given because it's kind of a plot hole. It's like, you have their DNA. How the fuck do you know their personality from their DNA? Well, this is why. Yeah. That's, that's what was given as, an, uh, as a reason for oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, in, that's actually quite, quite an interesting thing. But yeah, so um, Nanette pops up in the ship. Not understand what the fuck's going on. She runs around. She bumps into the crew. She recognizes them. She recognizes everybody because she works with them. She has no idea what the fuck's actually happening. So she tries to escape as um, as Daly arrives on, on board. 
And uh, basically, what they, all the crew do is when he's not in game, they literally just sit around. They can't have sex. They can't do anything. They can't even get drunk because he's removed all their genitals and, they, and then the alcohol doesn't take effect. But that's the weird thing, right? So you can tell how much of a fucking despot he is because, like, you would think he wants to be fucking them, right? You would think that, but he's removed the, that option. He's, 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 he's removed the option, but I reckon he could give it back any anytime he wants. So but they he don't does, show him do it? Is he getting rapey with him or what? Like, Well, you don't, well, you don't really know that. I think, he's, I think he's actually probably so such an incel in that aspect that I don't think he'd even be able to have sex with him. I don't think he could even bring himself to do that. Well, I, I think what he's getting off on as well is the power trip. Because he has none in his real life. And it kind of goes, neither does Nanette, which we notice when she talks about her... I don't know if she's already done it, but she talks about her previous job. In the episode, she mentions how she left her previous job because she was getting bullied. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like she's she, she's very similar to him in a way of she can't stand up for herself. Even when the black girl was like, says to her, hey, don't go near him. Oh, no, no, no. Like she can't, yeah. she can't just say to her, it's none of your fucking business. You know, she's got... She's got to defend herself. She, she, she's got no um, drive to be able to stand up for herself. And he's exactly the same. Yeah. He's worse, but he's, he's very much the same. You know, he's just a powerless mope of an individual yeah a brilliant mind but a fucking absolute tends to be, way, tends yeah. to be the way with a lot of people so when daily arrives on board and and the net doesn't play by the rules of get to your post and fucking play the role he removes her face which comes from a star trek episode yeah apparently yeah i didn't know that yeah he removes her face but she can but she's still trying to breathe but there's no way to do it so she's basically suffocating but she can't actually die yeah, but yeah, she's an AI. She can't actually die or be removed from the game. So she is basically just... In a perpetual the... motion of suffocation. Yeah, agony, basically. It's fucking horrible. But then, yeah, it goes into White Christmas being left for a million years or whatever it is. They say, was it a thousand years a second? They leave him on at the end of oh, White Christmas? Yeah. It's so... like a million years. They're not going to be back for three days or whatever. It's like a million years he's going to be sat in that room listening to fucking Wizard. Like... Yeah. God's <laughs> sake, that would actually drive you insane. <laughs> it would. Just listening to Wizard at Christmas is enough to drive yeah, you insane. Yeah, but that's why that that's why that's so good in that episode because Christmas music drives you fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they they track this guy called Valdak. Yeah. The to, vil- yeah. To this villain in in his in his little AI to to a planet, and Valdak has a creature like this. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the creature, but this this creature. It's like a worm. He looks like one of the things from uh, Starship Troopers. Like yeah. Sort of, yeah. One of the bugs and that. But as as the, as the fight is about to happen, even though everybody's got guns, but they don't work apart from his. Yeah, and the women don't have guns. Yeah, the women's not allowed guns. He pauses, pauses the game because his pizza's arrived. So he leaves, and then they go, and then literally everybody just drops rolls. The villain does. Even the creature turns out the creature was a uh, another person who works in the, for the company that he's turned into the that creature. he turned into this creature because she said something to him or she didn't like him or something like that. So yeah, that, so, so you realise that he's 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 a tyrant. Yeah, game. fully tyrant. He he's he wants to. It, it's such a good juxtaposition because he wants to be Kirk, right? The way he talks, he, when he's in game, he almost sounds like Shatner, right? He's trying yeah. to put that voice on, that kind of pausing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you notice, he's got the girdle on as well. You yeah. can see it through his shirt, which was the Shatner was known for. And you can see this guy. You can see the like the lip of it under his shirt. Right. So, I, didn't I mean, really that's an attention that. to detail to fucking throw that on there. Yeah, I didn't. Really, I didn't even notice. Like, I, I've never seen that because I've never rewatched really Star Trek. So, um, Voldak is defeated, and the monster fucks off. But he defeats him in again a really misogynistic way. Yeah, naked lady, and he looks. It's like the mo- like he distracts him by saying there's yeah. a naked lady. So everybody, everybody has to, everybody has to play along. Even this guy turns out. Yeah, even the Voldak guy is another 
person who works at this office. As he's there and he's got him by the like ready to shoot him, he's like, Yes, please, just fucking kill me. <laughs> please let this be over. And he goes, That's not how we do things. You'll put him in the brig. And he just goes, No. Because <laughs> he just wants out of this fucking game like everybody else. Yeah, does. and we don't know how time works for them in there as well. Like it it could not it might not be this twenty four hour cycle that we have. It could feel like hundreds of years to that well if he's only playing for a couple of hours a, a night well they, it might it might literally be that it works like a 24 hour clock because if it's if it's a, even if it's an offline game it's still built in like a time clock isn't it we, we just don't know what happens when he's offline yeah but we know they they're all bored as fuck when he's offline so yeah they're almost like zombified when they're there they don't like they talk to each other but it's all like man we're still in we can't do nothing all, all we have is to talk to each other that's it that's and all. drink alcohol that doesn't get you drunk yeah so again with a mission well done Daly goes to Josie's real usual routine of kissing all the women. But when it gets to Nanette, she slaps him, tells him to fuck off. So he uh, lets her off this once, but it won't happen again. Yeah, I mean, he, in real life, he likes her kind of more than the other women. You can see he's yeah. got more of a thing for her. Even though he's creepy when he walks through the office and he sort of looks at them for too long when he walks past women. It's so it's so, it's so subtle to do that in the acting when he's around. When he, when, he, when he looks at a woman, he just sort of like, just looks at them a little bit too long, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit awkward. Um, Yeah, so he, bog, he boggers off. And that's when they lie to before they reveal that they've got no genitals. They can't even shit. Like they can't do anything. Can't even get drunk. Nothing like that. They try several ideas to come up for to escape. But Cole manages to hack it. Oh, Nanette, sorry, Nanette Cole manages to hack into Daly's system because in order for it to still work, it still has to have some sort of fragment of, on, of an online capability. Yeah. So she hacks in and sends her real self a message, but her real self doesn't understand what's going on and actually brings it up to uh, to Daly about how she's received this. Is this like a spam thing or what, what's this about? And then he jumps back in the game while he's at work, berates everybody in there and uh, threatens to punish... Nanette, but um, Shani, the black girl, defends her. So he turns her into a monster and locks her up in the brig as well. And that's when you realize, that's when you realize how the other one became a monster. Is literally he can just change you into a monster whenever you want. So in Star Trek, not original Star Trek, um, but in starting with the Next Generation as the character Q, yeah, he can do that. That's the kind of powers Q has, and, and Q just likes to fuck with Picard because he finds him interesting. Out of all the beings in the world, Picard's the one who really interests him. Really? Or in the universe, even, you know? And he's basically a god Q. He's like a... Yeah, he was He was in the um, in the Picard series as well as oh, Next Generation, yeah. Wasn't into the Picard series. But Q's one of my favourite characters, and he's such a cool character, such a weird character. But it, it's odd that, like, obviously he's obsessed with the fake, whatever they call the show. I can't remember the name of the show. It's like Space Lad or something. It's called, oh, it's called Space Fleet. Space Fleet, yeah. And it's, it's basically the original Star Trek, but it's a nice call back to to next gen with that is what he can actually do in that universe is what q can do it's a shame they can't say star trek really it's a, yeah it's a shame sued. they don't have the rights to do that because but then i guess because it does highlight that star trek in the 60s may have seen a little bit misogynistic in oh, terms i think of, it was very misogynistic back very, then they say very misogynistic but the first tv show in america to have an interracial kiss oh really yeah in the 60s too was that that was Shatner and the and um, Aurora? Aurora, like it's the and you just you look at that and think like so, because because obviously in um, we spoke about this before, but in Roddenberry's world in that universe, no one cares about gender or or sexuality or race. Like we've kind of gone past that. Like we're yeah. kind of okay with it. And yes, the uniforms are whatever, but they, you know everyone's sort of treated equal based on it. But 
because of the time period it's set in, yeah, women are kind of sexy and yeah. and you know, like there's always damsels in distress and that kind of stuff and and it's a bit outdated, you know, and, and yeah. he seems to like that. He likes the he likes the power that a man would have from that era over a woman. Yeah, but that suits his character yeah. down to the ground because he is that that way. Yeah. Right, so then we jump we jump to the idea that um what's been going on for the first course is that there's a an up a Christmas update coming up. Yes. Which is gonna revamp a couple of bugs and sort some shit out for the game. And that's where fragments of the update appear in Daily's server, his private one. Which again shows that it's still connected to the it's still connected to the it internet. Has to somewhere. still have some yeah connection. Yeah. So this is where um, Nanette comes up with a, a plan to try and free everybody and get themselves out of this. Can we get the update installed? Is basically yeah. The, yeah. We have to fly into it, but Walton's against it, and this is where we find that when Walton was the first person that Daily cloned, yeah, and to just to torture him. He got the lollipop from his son and cloned it and cloned his son into the game and then made what watch as he ejected his son out into space. Yeah. And he's like, and he's literally like, it's like, it broke him. It literally broke him into submission. But he still has the DNA data. So even once the update's done, there's nothing stopping him reinstalling it. Or, is what yeah. or, just, or just, or just bringing his son at any time should Walton fucking fall out of line and just sh- doing it and to him again. just keep doing it, yeah. He can do it as many times as he wants. But, you know, they're looking at freeing themselves as that version, but they could free themselves into the rest of the world or into the rest of the game, onto the internet. Yeah. But he still has their DNA. So, so just he, clone can, more, he can just, he can just keep doing it. There's there's nothing stopping him to keep doing it. So all they're doing is freeing themselves, but not other versions of themselves. Yeah. So it doesn't, it they, doesn't sit right with them. You so know? they need to come up with a plan. So this is where Nanette finds a way to blackmail her real self by basically hacking into her cloud account and basically telling the staff that, or telling the crew, that there's uh, some pictures that I would not want to see put online. Yeah. So they basically blackmail. They blackmail the real ver- the real Nanette into going along, sneaking into Daly's place by getting a pizza ordered to distract him, so she can go in and clean out the fridge for all the uh, of the all the DNA, DNA samples. Yeah, swipe the DNA. Another what they also do is the net lures him down to a planet, and basically lures him away from his communicator by pretending to go like swimming in the water and all this sort of shit. Then he pauses and that basically sets the plan into motion. Then Daly realizes that something's gone wrong when he unfreezes, unpauses the game. She's gone and the ship's in it's a go. Fuck, it's fucked off. It's fucked off. So he gets the, the broken down ship they went to investigate, which now magically works because obviously it does. And he manages to he manages to start catching up with them very quickly to say they're well, in the Well, he's still in control of the world, so he, he it's not Yeah. You know, they've given themselves some freedom, but he's still in control of that universe. That's why that's why the broken ship, it works now, and it's super fast, because he can he can just make that happen. Yeah. So to get um to try and get as away uh, as far away from Daily as they can to get into the update, they go for an asteroid field. They, as they're escaping, they clip an asteroid, which puts the ship offline, giving Daily chance to catch up. Walton's character sacrifices himself by turning on the engines, and they get through the update. Yeah. And what this does by by embracing the update, it then deletes all of Daily's private server, yeah. trapping Daily in the game. Because he's conscious when it ha- when the update happens. Yeah, they're not real, so it doesn't kill them. It no. kills him. You know. Yeah. The same with any, same with any updates in MP, with an NPC. They're technically NPCs. Yeah. 
So they escape. They go. They join the online server, and they can explore the galaxy. Willy and they kind of, that's what they decide to do. They kind of just go. Oh, I don't know if Walton's character gets revived because he gets burnt, but I'm not sure if he actually or if that kills him or what. They, yeah, it's they never explained there what happens to him after if he die, if he's probably dead or. I think at that point, well, I think once they go, once they're doing the update, yes, that you die. If you die in that world, you die. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're only a, an, an, AI. NPC, an AI. Yeah. You, you will, you're deleted if you die. That's, right. So he, so they have to be cautious because they get cautious when they bump into the big ship and he's like, I'm the king of space or whatever. And they're like, yeah, let's not fuck with him. You know? Yeah. Like, so Walton's dies and the woman who would have been turned into that. Yeah. And this is where we realize that it's now Christmas. And they closed for eight days and the firewall deleted the game code and it traps Daly in, so he's going to be there till someone decides to come bother looking for well, him. Well, he'll be dead after eight days. Yeah. Well, no one's... Because he's such a fucking... Um, recluse and that. And recluse a and a dick. No one's going to come and check on him over the Christmas period. They're just not going to. Yeah. And they're not expecting him back in the office for eight days. So we don't know his fate, but... It's, it's implied that he he's literally trapped in the dark with no control because his game doesn't exist anymore. His server doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and he would just die, he would just die there. Like, yeah. Unless there's a power cut or something he's done for, you know? Yeah, well, even then, it's the power cut. Would he actually even be able to get out of the game? Would it, would it boot him out? I think, I'd think i imagine so because the implication is someone would need to go and get, someone would need to check on him to get him out, right? That's the implication. So how would they do that? Do they need to go on his computer and log him out or... Yeah, but they can't log him out because no, his server doesn't exist. But you don't really care too much. No. But the, the, the weird thing is with this story, though, in any other story, if he if he hadn't done what he'd done, he'd be the good guy because they do treat him like shit. Like, he didn't ask to be treated the way he's treated by those people. Like, he's not... Like, he's a bit creepy and a bit weird, but he's not... He's not over... Like, the way he is in-game is not how he is in real life. Do you see what I mean? Like, so yeah. he's actually done nothing to them in the real world at all no. to, to, to warrant it other than being introverted and a little bit icy with the girls you know? yeah. yeah but he, he's not he's not really done him as a real person has not really done anything that bad no but the way he acts in the game is probably his true feelings that's how he would act in real in the real world if he could get away with it yeah. um and it almost makes you you think when Wharton's telling him you got a man up for yourself it's like do you know what you could be creating if he did do that yeah, he doesn't know, you know, Wharton doesn't know when he's telling he's him. He's a bit of just, a psychopath. He's a bit of a fucking lunatic. You could be, if he embraced what you're telling him, this could be bad for everyone. Um, so it's weird. In any other movie, you would think of him as, you'd feel sorry for him. Yes. But because we get to see how he is online. And that's probably his true self. Yeah. But then you get that with like, I think that, and I didn't see this because I watched a couple of theory videos as well today because I just like, fuck it. I saw a guy who had like 20 minute theory of videos on each episode. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to watch these. So it's going to take me like an hour to watch them all. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to take long. And no, he was saying, oh, yeah, and it's a, a callback to this and a callback to that. And there's a few things I knew because like the stuff with Q he didn't mention, but he mentioned the Twilight Zone yeah. episode. Yeah. And then when I got done with watching that video, I was like, He's an online troll. Yeah. He, that's what he is. He's an online troll. He's, he's someone that goes online to fucking piss people off. Yeah. Who in the real world has no power, but once they're on Facebook or Twitter, they're going to say the nastiest, meanest shit they can to someone. Because nothing can nothing he, can come from it. Yeah, he's the embodiment of an online troll. Yeah. Like, that's who he is. Um, Weak-minded, 
fucking Pathetic. Di- dickhead that no one wants to be around. Yeah. But yet when he's online, he has power because he can actually influence people's um, feelings without being identified and called out for it yeah. in the real world, you know? So mm. yeah, just a powerless fucking idiot who takes his takes his frustrations out on on people online and that's exactly what he is yeah yeah i guess yeah yeah so in the past i think we've rated episodes haven't we we have yeah yeah what do you give this one i give it about 7.5 it's a good episode it's a solid episode um it's not my favorite episode no and i think it's possibly because of the length because it's about an hour and a half long this it's, one of, the, it's one of the longer episodes and yeah. i think it could have done it's a bit hate in the nation was like that it could have just done with a little bit of time shaved off it a little bit of less yeah i'm not sure where they i think they, you could have cut it you could have cut out the voldak sort of stuff maybe cut that down a little bit yeah you didn't need to, that much of it you know like but, um, it, but i think they needed it needed to especially could have done it elsewhere when he pauses the game i think that's the first time we see him pause the game and that needed that because obviously that comes into play later on. But then you know he's playing a game anyway because you see him in the real world. So he pauses, he's gone, but his avatar still remains because he's still logged into the game. So you could technically do anything you want to him. Yeah, I just I think certain scenes are drawn out a little bit. Like when yeah. they contact her the first time, she doesn't listen and she shows him. Yeah. Probably, probably could have missed that. You could, probably could have gone straight in with her, ignore it and not say anything. And then, then just go back to her and go, well, we're going to leak your nudes. Yeah, you could have cut down. You could have cut down the the conversations with the crew and the shit when he's not there. Maybe just drop that down a bit. Like I think the stuff with Walt's son's important because it does very important because it, it shows a massive like jump in. in well, it in, shows how fucking far the cunt is willing to go. Like you're turning people to monsters and worms and whatever. It's this weird. It's how much he hates the guy but, who but, literally made him rich. That made him rich, and also clearly cares about him. When you see him in the real world, he just can't understand that tough love that he's getting from. Yeah, him. he just doesn't get it. He's not when he when you see him and he's berating him. He's not berating him from a place of fucking hatred. It's coming from a place of love. It's it's literally it's literally your you've got your mate who you've been who you've been mates with say since school. Yeah, and you're like the polar opposites of each other. He's confident. He's a bit of a womanizer. All this sort of stuff. But he hasn't got the savvy that you yeah. have for the tech. And so it's like, yeah, you're he's the face. You're the you're the brains. But it's that it's that mate of yours who. Just needs a fucking bit of a push just to kind of fucking come out of his shell a yeah, little we've bit. All, we've all got friends like that. Yeah. And, and sometimes you've got to be a bit tough and you've got to say to him, mate, fucking back your ideas up, you can. You've yeah. Got, you have to do you've it. You've got to fucking sort it out sometimes. You've got to yeah. sort it out, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, and sometimes that's us. Sometimes we're the one who needs to be told we have to sort yeah. it out. Like it happens, you know? But it depends on how he seems to be such a beaten down sort of person that, like you said, it literally just, he hates people for calling him out on the fact that he's so weak. Because he, it doesn't appear that he has anyone, though. Like, it doesn't seem like his family are around. It doesn't seem like he has even his neighbors kept. There's no one in his life. He has work. And when he goes home, he plays video he games. He plays video games. And it got to a point where he could, and it obviously hasn't been going on too long at that point with the tech because he's only got like six or seven people trapped in there. You think that if this had been going on years, he'd have hundreds of guns trapped in there, you know? Yeah, but you don't know if he doesn't. Well, he might. Because the, the way the way you got to look at that is every monster that you that you would see in in his server could be someone. is a staff member of the company or someone well, yeah. that's fucked. Over. It might like, not just be an NPC that he's created. It could just be. Yeah, he's littered the world with people who actually exist. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine him hunting down that Valdak guy continuously. He might just be the newest one. The one who recently pissed him off the most. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was. We did see we did see some of the the contents of the fridge. It didn't look like there was that much in his it little fridge. Wasn't too much in there. Probably just enough for those men, those people. But it's yeah, uh, you just think that like 
I don't think he's been doing it for too long, maybe a year. Well, did he create that technology that he's using? I think so, because he has a version of the fucking scanner in his house, so he must have got that somehow. Yeah, the like DNA said, scanner, did, did yeah. he make it or? Well, did... he might not. Maybe the rest of the company don't use the fucking thing. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it... Because not everyone else, is, there has to be a way that your DNA gets linked to your password somehow. But it could just be as quick. It could be as quick as a fucking fun yeah. prick a little a little bit of blood and that's it you're in you know and then that's it it's done it's on the system and you that's your login forever you know yeah it's also like the, 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 te- the technology in there with the device the, how they log into the game as a little device on the on the on the temple yeah we see we see that a lot a lot in black mirror it's a very common occurrence though that that little heads i can't remember um nose dive nose dive yeah and the, the the best version of it is what we see in san junipero at the end that's, that's the most like a uh, futuristic version we yeah. see of it um, we see it in we see it in um, Black Museum as well. It's in that. We see it on the mice. They've got a little red dot version on the mouse head yeah. in that episode. And obviously, it's it. That's like the beginning of that thing being made. The the yeah. the grain thing or the the cookie. Yeah. Um, um, oh wait, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, White Christmas. White as Christmas well. as well. Yeah, lo- the cookies in a lot of them. But I'm pretty sure in White Christmas, the cookie's now embedded. In the head, or no, no, it was just placed on the side. It, 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 she's just got to keep it on her for oh, a yeah, like. Yeah, because she has the operation, and they just put it on the side of her head. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was now they wear the fucking thing. You know, it's the, the the tech keeps moving on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 to me like, and like my main reason, the reason actually we did Black Mirror, not just because we were fans. When we first started doing it, was to like go fuck me, like the world we live in from when this first started. We've moved so quickly towards that tech exactly. that it's fucking bizarre, and none of this in this seems too far ahead of what where we're at. I'm quite interested with this new season, what the twists are going to be in the episodes, and what the technology is going to be in the episode. Yeah, because because it's going to have to really go a bit further, go a bit further than it ever has done. Yeah, it's going to yeah. it's going to have to go a lot further than it ever has done, which is scary. Um, but I I think they're smart enough to think of it because they've been so far ahead of the curve this whole time. Yeah. You know, when we talk about the um, the first time we see any kind of interactive eyewear or ingrained software, is the grain implanted in the back of the neck that also connects to your eye? That's in season one. Yes. And we, what we talked about at the beginning of this episode with the Apple Vision thing is that's, that's where we're at. That's where that's where we're going to be in five six years time. Five six years time. You know. Uh, because it's going, they're going to get smaller and smaller, and contacts. It's going to happen by twenty thirty. We're going to be looking at some dangerous shit going on. Yeah, I mean, but then you know, geopolitically, the way the world is, the standing war, all this shit. We're in a fucking. <laughs> we're in for a bad. We're literally at the point now where, as a race of humans, and I'm not talking races in like different races, people. I mean, literally, as a the species, human race as, as a species, species, right? If we don't, in the next five years come together and drop our bullshit, we are in trouble. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Because, well, because everything's just divisive and divisive is divisive. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, even I've been guilty of it in a way and I've tried to recently in the last few months kind of rectify that. Like, um, we've, just my opinions on, on things. I could have my set of belief systems, right? Someone could have an opposing set of belief systems and I could argue with them. Or I could just accept that we're different and I could accept that not only are we different, we just both want to be happy. And now they're my friend, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, we don't agree on everything, but I want that person to be happy. I do want them to be, I don't want them to not be happy. Yeah. And it's like coming to that understanding, like consciously, socially, across the fucking globe, 
especially in the West, we have to come to that understanding soon because mm-hmm. we are fucked if we don't. Yeah. You know, gay, straight, black, white, Muslim, Christian, whatever the fuck you are, well, you have to start looking as everyone as your brothers and sisters because if you don't, this tech's going to fuck us. It's going to fuck us hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to fuck us harder than we've ever been fucked in our lives. Yeah, and not in a good way. Not in a good way. Not in the way you want to be fucked. Yeah. Okay, episode two. Archangel. A very interesting uh, concept in this one, and it's something I think I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people I know are parents, there's a lot of them that were pro would love this fucking technology. We love it, and we know people, but... And I know, I know people that would fucking need it as well. But I know people that, when I was a kid, you had like certain parents that were like, over the fucking top, right? Yeah, overprotective as Overprotective, fuck. like wouldn't let their kids play after a certain time, you know, wouldn't let them eat certain food, would take them to a birthday party, but they're only there for an hour. Like, I saw loads of that shit when I was a kid. Yeah. They weren't, they never had anyone around their house, couldn't have anyone to stay over, like, yeah. had a few friends like that. And um, this is, again, another dark one. They're all dark, really. But this is, again, it's just kind of, this ends in a horrible way as well, this one. Yeah, really <laughs> most of them do so our episode starts with the mother called maria having a um having a child uh, maria is played by rosemary dewitt who i'm not sure i recognized her but i don't know what i've actually seen her in before yeah yeah she's been like she's been in la la land she's been in the remake of poltergeist uh yeah so she she's has she's having a baby via c-section because she wasn't able to give birth naturally. And this episode as well was directed by Jodie Foster. Yes, it was. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it was. Directed. Which is a random fact I didn't realise until the end. Yeah, was, the, oh, oh. When, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was like, okay, it makes sense because she's very into like talking about motherhood and shit. It's like, she's like the perfect person to pick for this yeah. thing, you know, feminism and all that and what that means or she's into all that and it, it does weave its way into that episode, into this episode in very, very nuanced ways rather than it be in your face or you know yeah so yeah she she uh she has she gives birth via c-section and the baby comes out not crying straight away so she's panicking she's already kind of this which i imagine by that is like i've never experienced that yet but it's it must be very very traumatic it's a big deal and obviously there's no man in her life no she's she's obviously got there's no even hint of a father so we're not sure if this is some sort of I'm trying to remember what she says. She says something. Does she's she? like, not even I could, not even I couldn't even do that right or something. She says at the beginning. Oh, does she? I missed that. Yeah, she looks at the baby. She's like, no, I couldn't even do that right, or like, yeah, I wasn't even strong enough to do that. Right. Like, she couldn't give birth. Yeah. So she's very downtrodden and, and yeah. uh very sad, lonely. Uh, you know, just a, a mis- not miserable in a way of like being horrible about. It. I do feel all the way through this episode, I actually feel sorry for the mum. There's something vastly missing in her life that she can't. Fine. get over it you know yeah. especially her relationship with her dad as well and he's just like oh. when you were little we just open the door and let you go and yeah, let you go you can see he disapproves of her lifestyle overprotectiveness you know, over and stuff like that um yeah we find we find very quickly that you can tell that maria's a very overprotective mother as we've said like there's the the scene where um uh, she called her daughter sarah so let's just say right like the daughter's called sarah and uh like she walking down the road and her dog starts barking and she sees that sarah's a little scared of this dog so she literally purposely crosses the road so sarah doesn't have to experience it so just going just going past just carrying on she's literally going out of her way to protect her from things that scare her um they're at the park and while Maria's chatting to another mother that she uh, that she meets there. Um, Sarah follows a cat and wanders off. Yeah, and she goes missing for a couple of hours. Now, I don't know; it doesn't say how many hours, but they they basically find her a little bit like an hour or so later. She'd wandered off down the train tracks because she was following the. Cat. Yeah, which is a bad place to for a kid to be. Oh, in all honesty, like that would spook a lot of parents. You fucking could have got hit by a train, you know? yeah, or electrified. You know, even one or the other. Yeah, of course. 
So she gets she gets wind uh, of a uh, experimental product called Archangel. But it's the first one she sees. In our current timeline, there are apps to spy on your kids already, phone apps, all this stuff. Yeah. Like you could do research and find the right one for you. This she goes for the first one she, the first one she spots. She's like that's the one, you know? And at the beginning, she doesn't even know quite what she's signing up for. For did she definitely doesn't know what she's signing up no. for. She just thinks it's a way that I can keep an eye on my kid to stop it going missing. She doesn't realize it's like a full fucking spy device, you know. Yes, it was a full control device in a, in a in way. In a way, yeah. Yeah, we we see that um while Sarah is watching a bit of television, they implant a little device in her t- inside her temple. Again, again with something in the, in the temple. Yeah, always that part. And then we log on. She gets given an iPad, which syncs up with the uh, the with the device that's in Sarah's head. Then boom, she can see she can see her vitals. She can they test any any sort of like adrenaline or any anything. So you can see if she's in fear. You can spot her location. You can do this, and then they show her that you can see through her eyes. Yeah, and you see the look on her face. Go, oh, yeah. She because like I said, she didn't know what she'd just signed up. She didn't know the full extent. Yeah, like she hadn't done the research. You know, you should do fucking research when you put things in your kids. You know, yeah. it allows you. It also allows you to track. And like you said, with the eyes, and then she they they tested it by showing her a clip of a soldier, which is actually from Men Against Fire. It is, yeah, it's the chick from that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then when Sarah shows fear, you put the filter on and it blurs it out just like uh, from White Christmas in a way. Very similar, yeah. Yeah. More high-tech version of the blurring. Yeah. But very, very similar tech, yeah. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that's Sarah fucking... uh, Marie jumps on the chance for this and she tests it out straight away when they walk past the dog and she filters out the dog. Yeah, the dog's now just a blur. It muffles the sound as well, so she can't see anything. Um, but it also, because she had the filter on, she left uh, Sarah with her grandfather. Her grandfather has a heart attack. And it takes ages to for an alert to go to the tablet. So in, in terms, that's like a good side of the tablet, is it saved it saved her father's life, but it also didn't help because now Sarah couldn't see what the hell was going on. She, no, didn't, she, she had no idea what was happening. She couldn't alert. They, you had to wait for the alert to go to the mum, whereas if she could see it, she might have been able to pick up the phone and get help quicker, yeah. right? You know, she might yeah. have been able to alert it quicker. So then we, after that happens and the old man comes back uh, from hospital, we do a six-year time jump. So now Sarah is age nine and the old man is dead, unfortunately. He's died since. Not long before that, actually. It's just after. And uh, she, stops her, she stops her seeing her crying over it. The mum stops her seeing her cry over the fuck. So she's not seeing the emotional, the natural emotional responses to grief. Yeah, she's not developing or that- anger or anything that could be seen as negative. The kid doesn't fucking know, which is fucked up. The kids at school know about Archangel because they tease her about it. Yeah. Her mother's been watching her. So some things that have happened, she's called the school about. Yeah, sort this out. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, and so the kids think that she's grassing everybody up, that Sarah's grassing everybody up, which is causes her to be sort of like bullied and alienated by people. When really it's just her mother fucking being a snitch. Yeah, the filter still interferes with Sarah because she's got it on constantly by the looks of it. And it's only when Sarah's drawing a photo a picture that she realizes she can't see blood. So she starts stabbing her hands. To see what that is. but even that's blurred out. Yeah. yeah, she can't figure out what's going on. So she's taken to a, a, a therapist, and the therapist tells the mother that Archangel has been banned everywhere else in the world apart from America. Because it's not it's it's obviously shown those development defects of kids aren't developing the social skills and the and the knowledge that they need to to de- they need to in which to develop. Yeah, so the doctor suggests removing the filter and just getting rid of the tablet yeah. completely. So the mother agrees, 
it takes her a little bit like she puts it away but it doesn't every get, now and then it doesn't yeah. take her long to fish it back out again because it's an obsession it's a it's a it's a it's a clinging thing to her because she now she's permanently worried because she can't check up on her child yeah she can't stop thinking about it. but there's also um it's the separation thing as well i don't know i can't remember if it's we've already seen the moral issues with the mum She's having the affair. Uh, no, that's when she's that's when the, girl, when that's when she's the girl's a teenager. Older. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, but we'll get to that. Yeah, because obviously even the mum herself, right? As much as she's like, I'm going to stop my kids in, she's still doing bad shit herself, right? Yeah. It's not. Yeah, the bloke who she shagging was the, when the old man yeah, had the heart attack. Yeah, yeah. It was a patient. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Marie has this problem with uh, with giving up Archangel, but in the end she decides that. She just goes and puts it in a box with her dad's stuff and hides it up in the attic. So it's completely out of sight, out of mind, and she just forgets about it. But this this allows Sarah to be exposed to all the things that her mum was hiding. And this, um, the, the, guy, the the kid, Trick, who's like... He's a good kid. Like, the weird thing is, like, they, the, the mum hates him, but he's not... He's not a bad kid. He's not, but he's a bit messed up, but he's not yeah. a bad kid. He cares for the, he cares for her, he cares for Sarah, right? He, yeah. He really gives a shit about her, but he's just... Well, he's getting beaten at home, and he's got no super... So he's the opposite. He's got no one guiding him. Yeah. And she's got too much guidance, and you see that. It's a, it's a nice touch. Yeah, he... um. He's, he, as soon as he realizes that the tablet's got it, that Archangel's not active anymore and he's not going to get in trouble for anything if she, for what she sees, he just starts exposing. Hey, look at this, look at this. Yeah, yeah. That, his porn, his violence, his murder. That fucking pretty much showing her everything. But it's the worst way to learn that. Oh, yeah. Because you have, because the, the, the thing with being a parent, and I'm not one, but the thing with being a parent to me is adult themes kids are going to pick up on. And it's up to you as the parent how. And, and, and for them to understand what they're seeing and for you to be able to tell them what's right and wrong. And the mum at this point has done none of that. And now the only person who is willing to show her the shit that she's missed out on is a kid who has no boundaries. Because because he's never he's never been told by his parents you shouldn't like this stuff, yeah. right? And I, I just think it's a really nice touch that they show, like, the, you know, the two sides of this parenting coin are both equally bad for different reasons. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Because he's a dad as well, Charlie Brooker. He had it in mind right. about like how you fucking really like after... Because they call it helicopter parenting. That's what it's called. Because he's just watching them, right? right? Constantly following them around like a helicopter. And it's like, it's really hard not to do that when you're a parent. Yeah. And he, he called it a fundamental change. He said, it was like I got rewired the minute I had a kid. Mm. He said, I've thought about myself in this way. that I need a job. I need to do the best. I need a career. And he had it all worked out. And then the minute I had a kid, he went, no, I have to protect that. Yeah, and that, and he said it was almost, it was like being reprogrammed completely. He's like everything he wanted in life changed the minute he had a kid, mm. and that's why he wrote this this episode. Great, really. Yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. knock him for it. No, not at all. So we we do a little bit of a montage of Sarah walking up and down the road path with the, with this dog barking at her, and she ages up to that. She then progresses to the age of fifteen, and we realise that she's uh, befriended the dog. Yeah, she gives it a bit of food and yeah, strokes it, it, and it's nice to her now because it's all you need. You need time to yeah to, to get to, get to know it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we she's get, still pretty weird though. Like, well, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. she's still not really she's even stunted. If, still, she's, she's still, not completely understanding everything that's happening because she's not didn't have that growing up. No. So she's like, yeah, I suppose in certain aspects of like the filters and the um, the general skills that you develop as a child, she hasn't, well, she's well, developed them late. And they're vital as fuck at a young age. It's, it's like when we were talking about this stuff with these masks and kids not yeah. being able to, it's a similar, similar thing. It's, it's they, they're, they're missing something. It's going to take them longer now because when you're a kid, you pick up on stuff so fucking quickly. Like how quick does it take a kid really to learn the language you're speaking? Oh, they hear it all the time. So it just, yeah, it, and they just and it just naturally. You don't have to really teach them the language. They just 
pick up on it and they understand what things mean. But when you're an adult and you want to learn a new language, you've got to fucking study it. You got to yeah. do it. But when you're a kid, even a kid's being bilingual, you just have a kid in a home where two languages are spoke and they, they pick it up. Right. So Sarah being a 15, she's now kind of trick has left school. And she's dressing like um, Ali Sheedy from the Breakfast Club, which comes into it later on. She's dressed literally the same. Literally, yeah. Like, yeah. I, she, now you mentioned it, I didn't even think about that. Because yeah. then they say it when they're going to watch a film. She's like, The Breakfast Gang or some old film like that, yeah. she says, yeah. And uh, yeah, Trick invites her out to go to the lake. But her friend, I can't remember her friend's name, I didn't write that down, but she knows that her, par- her parents will never go for it. So, so they, invent, not, they invent a lie of going to watch a film around this girl's house and they go to the lake. And then at the lake... She tells her mum she'll be home at 11.30 and that, that that comes into it when her mum gets weirded out. So she says to her mum, I'll be back at 11.30. Right. So when they're at the lake and her mum's getting all worried and panicked, when she picks up the iPad, it's only quarter past 11. So she still can't... She can't she switch still off. Can't, yeah, she still can't switch off. She's not even late yet. Well, no, she's still panicking. No, what was there is because she, she went on a date, eh, where she was going to go fuck that bloke. Yeah. And it's only when she leaves, she calls up the girl's mum, the other girl's mum, to see, it's like, oh, they finished watching their movie and she's like, we, ha- we they haven't been... What are you talking it. about? They, yeah, they haven't been here. So she starts calling. She goes, she reverts back to that day where Sarah went missing in the park and she fucking calls everybody. The thing with this, she does it innocuously. She does it without... She's not actually being a creepy parent at that point. She's not... When when she phones up to just ask how the film's going, she's not doing it because she's... She's not even panicking. She's had a good time. She's been out. Yeah. She's... At that point, she's doing what any parent would do. I'm just going to check in. It's not... It's not well, I she's think, not gone paranoid yet, but, but once she has that phone call, I she's th- fucked. Like, I, I think what it was there is it was just because I'm on my way home. Yeah, maybe like, she, maybe they're done. I'll pick her up, save her, having to find her yeah, own way it's, home. It's literally a parent thing. It's really innocent that that because the mum's not innocent with the way she behaves, but the, in that moment she is innocent. But this is the this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. This this part, this is where their relationship really becomes. Like, I mean, we still got more of the episode left, but you yeah. straight away that's this moment with the lake is the moment that things change forever. You know. Yeah. So yeah, Sarah smokes some weed. That's at the point where Maria kind of gets home after calling all the parents. And then goes straight to, straight to Archangel, and she has to fire it up, like re- reboot but it's the it point up, that she fires it up. You see, she's not even late home. Why she's lied to be out? Yeah, she, she's you're, she's still not wanted back for fifteen minutes. Yeah. So, but then she fought, she she fucking flicks on the uh, the fucking the, the optical view and literally just sees her daughter having sex and saying yeah. all this stuff to trick like. Like fuck me harder. Yeah, given and then but he doesn't like it as well. That's the yeah. other thing of it. He finds it. She doesn't. She doesn't give him. The mum doesn't stick around long enough to know that he's like the nice oh, guy you, here. You don't need fuck off this porno shit. Like, fuck off with that. Like, that's yeah. not that's not how real world is. You know, but she's already losing her shit there now. Yeah, because mum has never taught her about sex because she fucking hid it from her for so long. Mum has never told her about the way the world is and what all this means. She's she's is why the kid's so messed up is because of the fucking archangel to begin with. Yeah, it's like I remember as a kid, maybe it being about eight. And my dad making me a shandy. All right, right? Because he was he was what I, can't, I think he was watching a Tour de France because he used to love that. My dad cycles and stuff like that. Okay, and he had a beer and he was just like, "You want a beer?" And my mum being, "You can't give him a beer." And he was like, "No, he can. He can yeah, I'll get." And he, he made me a shandy. I was like, "It kind of tastes like lemonade, you know." Yeah. But he's like, introduced slowly introduced that shit into a kid's life because eventually, especially you know, I I, I might I might even been ten, you know, I might have been older. Than but he knows we're in about three or four years. I want to be fucking looking at this shit myself. Yeah. You know? Once I'm at secondary school, once people start going, oh, I'm going to get pissed or whatever. Kids start doing that stuff. And if you don't teach them 
control moderation, and control, murder. get used to it. They're fucked. And I, I, yeah. I, remember, I remember that day clearly because it was in the, well, Tour de France is hot. It's, it's the summer, right? Yeah. And um, I remember just sitting there watching the Tour de France with my dad, drinking a shandy out of this big fucking pint glass. Stein. Yeah, one of those. And being like, hi, oh, I'm drinking beer. I'm so cool, you know? Yeah. And it just introduces that shit early. It desensitizes you enough that you don't fear it or worry yeah, about yeah. it. Whereas with this kid, they've had nothing. And no. the only thing they started getting to see is fucking hardcore pornography. Yes, and you know? fucking ultra violence. Yeah, and ultra violence. So they and and when I would when as a kid like because I watched action films and things like that, I'm sure you were the same. You know. Yeah. You just watch certain things, you know, Rambo or maybe the Terminator or something. Terminator yeah. or not? Yeah. You you know that the violence is wrong and you see it and you understand it. But you and Bible, I always understood that it's a film. It's not it's real. A, it's not real. Yeah. But you know who's. But, you know, in those old films, which is really missing from the way we write and make movies now, is you know who's good and who's bad. You know who's doing it to defend themselves or to protect someone and who's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. She's none of that. She no. knows none of that. She none doesn't that. understand violence being bad. She doesn't understand that sex is... There's passion, there's love, there's there's obviously lust, there's all these emotions involved. She sees it as just that's what people do because they're adults, right? That she's got no fucking example examples to to go by yeah and it's weird with the kid in in that that sex part is that he's just kind he is kind of like slow down i like you this is you know you don't need to be saying all this sort of stuff to say this shit to me because i like you i like you who you are yeah it's it's just interesting because he's obviously desensitized to it as well but he he, it means it means it's something different between watching it and then actually having it done and he's like Fine on film, not in person. Yeah, yeah. This is the between us. I love you. That's, I like yeah, that's you. not the, I that's not the image he has for of, yeah, of her. I don't have you as this fucking bimbo slut. I, yeah. I love you. Like what the fuck? You yeah. Know? And it, it it makes me so sad how much the mum hates him because he's he's actually just a t- he's actually quite a tender kid. He's not yeah. he's not a bad guy at no, all. No, he's not. Uh, but yeah, so after after they have sex, um, the girls find out that they're busted, and they head back home. And we see Maria literally tracking Sarah coming up to the house. That's the, that's when, I think that's at the point where you realise that she's not even late home. No. She's early. Um, yeah, we jump for a little bit and like Maria's kind of started getting more obsessed with it again. Well, she starts looking at it all the time. And, but she's not even told her she's doing it now. No. But then she gets an alert of uh, narcotics in the system. And she fucking she switches it on to find that... Um, find that Sarah's doing a line of coke. So then she... Go, and then this is where we find out that Archangel records the memories. As long as Archangel is active, it can record It can record what it's, what, what's visually been seen. So Marie tracks back and finds uh, find a, a clear shot of Trick's face. Then goes on, a, on an app and basically tracks... Where, like, she does a face recognition and finds out where he works. She then heads down there, basically tells her that like she's only fifteen, fucking keep away from her, come from her on getting the police involved, all this sort of stuff. Basically, just threatens him into yep. leaving her daughter alone. This is where Sarah starts trying to contact Trick, obviously because she's fucking hit it off. She thinks it's like boyfriend girlfriend thing. She's into him. Well, he's, yeah, he's into her as well, but he's and now he's, been threatened with yeah. Whatever, now, you know? now he's uh, now he's just fucking basically block breaking it off with her. Um, he wasn't the one saying, "Hey, do a line of oh, coke." Oh no, no, yeah, she's yeah. the one that wanted to do it. She, she's persuading him to yeah. let her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maria literally watches him break up with her, 
through Archangel. And she's now pretty much completely obsessed with the tablet again. This is where they, this is when Maria gets an alert on the, on the on the tablet that Sarah is pregnant. Yep. She then goes to the pharmacy of a night time and this gets is her, sick. This is quite a, yeah. gets her emergency contraception, crushes it up, crushes it up and puts it in a smoothie that she makes it every single morning for school. But doesn't tell Sarah this. No. But the, a lot of this is about consent. This this episode because. She doesn't consent as a child to have this put in her head. No. Once she has it switched off, it wasn't her consent to switch it off. The fucking therapist made the mum do it. Yeah. When the mum starts going back to it, she hasn't consented to that. Yeah. When she she gets pregnant, she doesn't know. She didn't consent to this, basically, abortion. Yeah. She, a lot of this episode is about consent, and the mum has almost zero respect for a fucking child. Really, like, yeah. In terms of, like, their, their... Because it's like, when are you going to turn this off? When they're 20? 25 when are you going to stop fucking doing this shit yeah you know how old do they have to become for you to fucking give up wrapping them in plastic and cotton wool and bubble wrap you know yeah, yeah. so yeah the um the emergency contraception comes into effect while sarah's at school she has a bit of a reaction to it and that's when the doctor tells her, the, the nurse tells her that she did some tests and that is like it's like that's terminated your pregnancy she's like what are you on about what pregnancy yeah, yeah. But even the fact that she got pregnant in the first place is because she hasn't been fucking educated on sex. She doesn't, she doesn't fucking know anything, you know? Yeah. And it's the mum's fault that she doesn't know this shit. Yeah, exactly. And then, so she, uh, Sarah returns home because she now realises that her mother's been using fucking Archangel again. Finds the emergency contraception t- um, packet in the bin. Starts, like, fucking going around, like, packing her bag. She's out of there. She's had enough of this shit. She's gone, but... Maria turns home, returns home just in time. Literally goes straight to the tablet and finds that Sarah's right behind her. They have a massive argument. Bit she turns f- it back on. She turns the filters back on. The mum. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, they have a fu- they have a Barney in the in the in the house. Um, Sarah overpowers Maria and bashes her head. It bashes her head with the fucking tablet, which breaks the tablet now just over and over just repeatedly yeah she can't even see what she's fucking doing in that moment because the blurring of the, the fucking yeah. tablet so it's, it's only when the tablet breaks does the filter does the filter get yeah. removed so even when she's killing her mum, she can't know how bad the fucking damage is because you've put this fucking thing on she didn't really do much damage it was like it was kind of like cuts and bruises but it wasn't actually that bad and then yeah so maria is not unconscious sarah does the big legs and then a little while later maria Wakes up, notices the tablet's knackered and won't work anymore, and she can't find Sarah. Sarah's gone. Yeah, she's gone because you see her jump on the. And she hitchhikes in a, in a fucking truck, and that's pretty much the last we ever fucking. That's literally where we end on that. And she, she, yeah, and it's hard because I feel sorry for the mum in multiple ways in the episode because she's fucking very broken and she's doing this single parent thing on her own. Yeah. She has to be mum and dad. She has to have eyes everywhere. Like, I understand that. She has to have eyes everywhere, which is you can't on your own. Yeah. And there's only one of you. I think it plays into, I mean, I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to speak about because I'm not a parent. I can imagine for a parent, your kid, where are they? They're playing at the top of the stairs. Fucking hell, you die if you fall down the stairs. I can see having that attitude but if there's two of you someone else can there's one like another pair of eyes watching you, you can, you can you, yeah you, both of you are watching you can kind of keep an eye on things you know especially if you're in an area with your family around yeah grandparents all that stuff there's always someone who's going to look out for the kid but she has no one especially once granddad dies too yeah. she's no one around and there's a pressure there for her to just do her best you know she's obviously got a half decent job at the hospital 
She's a, she's it looks like she's like a physiotherapist yeah, or something. She's, she's obviously got enough to pay for the small little home they live in. And well, I'm not sure. Is that her? Is that, was that hers or her dad's? Because he, was, living, he was living there. He right? was living there, yeah. But then he might have been living there because he was old. We, we don't know. We don't know the yeah. ins and outs of it. But yeah, you just sort of, I sort of look at her and feel like she has no one, really. Because even when she tries to talk to the dad, he's sort of like, what the fuck? What are you playing? He has this attitude of like, stop. Yeah. You know, just let kids be kids, you know? Yeah. Which get you arrested saying that this day. <laughs> age. But um, yeah, like he, he just sort of, the dad has like a, a like an old school opinion. Because well, yeah, yeah, like, he says it, we should the door and let you go. Yeah, Keep he's got an old school mentality of, of, of raising children compared to his daughter. Yeah. Who has not even a new school mentality, just an over-the-top, like, fear of losing this child. Like a, like a fear of losing this child, not even just, like, being snatched or, or running away. Like a fear of them grazing the knee. Like they don't even know, she doesn't even know how to handle the whole thing. But it goes back to the beginning of the episode where she has the cesarean done. And it's, a, it's just a great scene in terms of what the episode turns into. Because you have the curtain between... The damage done. So the mum is protected from seeing the damage. And she can't feel it. And she can't feel it. So straight away, the scene the scene opens with a operation has happened to birth this child and we are protecting you from seeing how it. gruesome that is. Yeah, cutting someone open. Yeah, and then the whole episode is basically protect the child from things that... And I could see so many parents saying yes to that shit as well. Oh yeah, especially today. Especially today. Like, and But we have it. We have mobile phone protection we have we have apps playstation they can't play parental ga- control and stuff like control. that with a password and yeah and, and and i get it and i understand why for certain things you would do that i mean i used to have to argue with my mum to play a game that had a, a higher rating on it oh yeah my mum my mum didn't really tend to care so much it was my dad my dad literally like when gta3 came out which was what 2000 2000 2001 yeah so i would have been Thirteen, and my brother got it, and then he's like, "Finished." He's like, "Do you want to borrow it?" And I was <laughs> well, like, "Your brother's quite a bit older than you, right?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my old man was just like, "He's not playing that." And I'm like, "Dad, it's just a game." He goes, "No," he's like, "It's too violent. You're not playing it." And I'm like, "My mum was just like, oh, just take it, just let him play. It's a video game." But then she was the, no, like I said in the past, she was like that with movies. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she you did, said she, about the crow. She yeah, wouldn't let you watch it. She wouldn't let me watch. She wouldn't. She didn't like me watching like overly like overly violent films. But then my dad was like, my dad was the opposite. It was really kind of like the. The switcheroo on that is like one was fine with films, the other one wasn't f- was fine with games. It was weird. Yeah, so it's either with my dad, like anything violent was kind of okay, but nine times out of ten, I'd watch it with him. We went to saw the Matrix together, like we went like, all these things that that were violent or you know yeah. all, all the action films were just ones he he liked. You know, <laughs> he just let's watch Rocky, let's watch Rambo, let's watch fucking Terminator, let's watch yeah. Predator. You know, and we'd watch this stuff together, and he'd never ever he'd never hide that from me. And my mum, I can remember one instance I was watching ID. Sean Bean film right. where he's an undercover cop and there's, a, there's this bit where he rapes his wife in it right. and my mum went fucking mental when me and my cousin were watching it really? she went fucking crazy at us both because it's the way it happens and and me as a kid I was able to understand like irony and stuff and there's a bit and the wife goes you won't fuck me anymore why won't you fuck me anymore and he rapes her and I remember saying something to my cousin and saying like the fucking like the irony in that it's, it's so dark like it's it's almost it's almost poetic and my mum went it's not fucking poetic she went fucking mental because because my not that my brain works differently but i wasn't saying it in a good way yeah. i was like just look at what she just said you don't fuck me anymore so he rapes her like yeah. i'm trying to point out that what that 
scene means because even when we're watching Black Mirror, like, that's how my brain works. I like analyze shit, mm. and my mum went fucking mental at that. <laughs> Absolutely fucking mental. She was slapping me and all sorts really? of shit. You fucking little shit. That's horrible. You shouldn't be fucking calling it poetic and all that. <laughs> she went mad. And with video games, she would see the certificate and she go, "Oh, you can't play that." I'm like, "Mum, you've bought it for. I asked you for the game. Like, you've bought it. Like, give me it." Yeah. Oh no, like read the back of it oh it doesn't sound too mum just fucking give me it and it would be like an hour of her doing it unless it was a wrestling game which, which would sometimes fine. have like a 15 or whatever and she would yeah. just be oh you can have that that's wrestling that's fine she wouldn't even think about it or Tekken she would say that's like a 15 she'd be like, oh you can have that I'm like, that's fine hmm. but if it was like Resident Evil or anything like that she'd be like oh no oh no and then um, I remember with Grand Theft Auto I, the original one was like so fucking oh the top down yeah, one yeah it's so weak <laughs> like I remember that I I got my mum to pre-order it t- from me from the uh, game shop around the corner and I went to pick it up because oh, yeah. she went in and pre-ordered it she didn't know and they were like no you can't you can't walk out of it without your mum and I had to get my mate's mum and, and the guy was like you're not his mum but fuck it you're an adult so fair <laughs> enough just let, let us go with it so many auntie or something eh? yeah, yeah and it was it, but it was so it's so innocuous like, I didn't play that game and go oh I'm going to steal cars and shoot people it never happened yeah I know right but for some reason, and that in particular, that series, Grandpa thought I fucked up a whole generation of parents. Like mm. they got so weirded out by it. Like you can fuck prostitutes, yeah, but it's like you see a car bounce. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, if you look in the side, it's, it's comical. Not, they're, they're, they're just sitting there. Yeah, they just sat next to each other. You can't see nothing. It's just, and and it is comical as well, Grandpa thought. There's a lot of uh, oh, yeah, humor in there. Like, yeah. But yeah, man, that game fucked people up. I'm trying, it was only games with my mum. Video, videos, like she didn't even give a fuck. Like. I remember renting like some anime, like uh, Urasaki Doji, Legend of the Overfiend. It's full of rape and shit. It's like an 18 right. anime. Um, and I went with my mum to the video shop. I was like, can I get this? And she was like, it's a cartoon, yeah. Like, it's, yeah it's a cartoon. It doesn't matter. It says 18. She didn't give a fuck. But the minute it started being a video game, she had a real fucking problem. Really? Yeah, a real problem with it. But she used to read the newspaper. Oh, and there were always Metal Gear Solid's making kids suicidal or whatever bullshit in there. So yeah. often I would just get my dad to get me games. Like uh, the, the the games that mean the most to me is weird. I still remember that Christmas where I got Final Fantasy Seven. My mum bought me Croc and my dad bought me Seven. It's like, the, and I love Croc. It's a great game. But it's like Metal Gear. My dad bought me that. Like Resident Evil Two. My dad bought me that because I knew he would. He would. I knew he would just and be he like, oh. question it. But what he quite often did is go put it on then. He'd do that. So he would sort of monitor it a little bit, like just to make sure. Get a feel and for I think it. if he saw it and there was like people being raped or something on it, he would have been like, hey, oh, that's going off. Like you can't yeah, play yeah. that. But if you're just killing zombies or just fucking driving around and shit, yeah, it's not exactly. Yeah, he never, a... he never really had an issue with with video games. And the minute I turned sixteen, obviously I left home at sixteen. Well, I, well, I kind of moved in with my dad at sixteen, so not really leaving home. But he was never there, so it was like on my own. As soon as I turned sixteen, I would, I just buy whatever the fuck I want. And I yeah. looked a little bit older because I had a bit of facial hair and that, so I just would just go and buy Black my own it, shit. Yeah. But before that, my mum was a fucking nightmare. But then uh, that's what my brothers were for, like because. Uh... <laughs> Like, you know, they they were obviously being like, what, 15 and 17 years older than me. Yeah. Like, especially when Tarantino had a new film out, when it come out on DVD, they're like, right, like, come around, come, come around Kyle. He's like, well, I remember watching, uh, the first Tarantino film I ever watched was Vo- Kill Bill Volume 1, right? And hell yeah, Tarantino's just brought out a new film. I was like, all oh, right, it was Tarantino. Oh, he's like, he's made these films, like, they're really, really good. It's like, like, like well, come around, I'm coming around Kylie's like, tomorrow afternoon, like, being a Saturday or Sunday, he's like, you know, just come up, come up and watch it because I was only up the road for my brothers. So just come and watch it. I was like, yeah, it sounds. So, so does it? Does I'm going to Kylie's. He goes, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, 
seen it seen a couple of hours. So I just fucking walk up. Walk <laughs> and up, just watch whatever. Walk up to my brothers and my brother. Yeah, my brother. Like my brother. My brothers were the. Uh, I think I've said this before. Like they were. The reason I got into Tarantino, I got into Ro- Rodriguez. You know, my fucking love for Asian cinema for yeah. my brothers. Um. Uh, yeah, even like horror horror films in a way. Even though I kind of kind of got into horror films a little bit darker than they 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 go but yeah it was all that sort of shit yeah no it's, it's weird because I, I i went and saw kill bill with my dad the first kill bill. <laughs> yeah, he took me to see it because but see because he's a bit of a cinemaphile my dad right yeah. so like, all the tarantino stuff i'd watched with him yeah or with my uncle so similar to you my uncle mark um is 10 years older than me right and all the way all the way through when i was like eight and he was 18 like mm. i was just going to his room and watch these fucking like big trouble little china like these yeah. <laughs> just whatever the fuck he had i'll just watch it yeah and um yeah and like music he like i've said it before he was a big influence on my music like his yeah. wall his wall was smashing pumpkins nirvana fucking KFF, kmfdm like all these bands from the 90s that were huge whether they were metal or industrial or grunge he loved it yeah and my entire like swayed all that stuff it all comes from him because it was a kid and I'd be like, I think my uncle's cool. And I'd just go around and just like go, what's he listening to? And I'd just take a tape yeah. and copy it and then just walk off with it, you know? And just, yeah, yeah. just I've got a copy of it and listen to it. And uh, yeah, he, like, and I didn't really realize it so much until recently, just how much of a fucking influence having an older sibling or uncle or someone around is on you. Like, he's a huge influence on you. Yeah. Uh, I was the same with video games. Like, my brother, my brother, Kylie, was always, he was very much into his PlayStation, like, as well. So he, if you get like said GTA, any sort of games he would get, or if I had a game, he, we'd we'd swap these and stuff like that. So that yeah, he's the reason why I got to play all that more uh, eighteen plus games because he's just like he's like, yeah, I'll borrow that. Like, don't tell dad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's a weird thing as well. It's with my cousin being a bit older than me, well, and he lived with us for a few years, but then he moved out. And what he would do is he would give me a case for another game and put the other disc in oh, yeah. it <laughs> so I could play it. Oh, chestnut. And we'd do that, and um, yeah, and I, all sorts of stuff because he, he had the um. He had a copy of that Thrill Kill that got banned. Oh yeah, yeah. He had like uh, there was because I think it got banned in the states as well. and never came out, but there was a there was a version of it floating around that people could get. And he had like a chipped version of that, and I had a chip PlayStation. He was like playing it, and I also remember there was like a fucking Japanese game he had that I played on my chip PlayStation where you like chased women and tore their clothes off. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> but I couldn't play it because I couldn't understand it, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is this?" And you like smash a building up, and like you'd smash all the building with these women in it, and then you just like. I don't even know what the point of the game is, but you could pull their clothes off, like, and they would just be running around in their underwear, like, and you were like a, a guy who turned into like a, a monster sort of thing, and like check, rampage, kind of like rampage, but small, like, in like a small Japanese town, like an old school town with like uh, the low roofs and all that, and yeah. like the paper walls, and you would just run through it, and you could smash everything, and basically, I think the point was it like rampage to destroy everything, yeah. but if you caught a woman, you could just rip her dress off, like so weird. But the Japanese games are kind of yeah, 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 yeah Japanese games. They would you expect? Uh, right, what would you rate this one out of ten? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it's a solid eight as well. I think, yeah, I think it's it's very good. The acting's good. The the young girl, um, when she's the teenage one, she's really good mm. in in that in those scenes because she plays it in a way of like she doesn't actually understand shit. Like you can feel the character doesn't get what she's talking about a lot. Yeah, yeah. And the mum is excellent. Yes, no, the, I agree. The paranoia, the, the facial expressions. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a solid eight. I think it's a good, solid episode. Probably probably higher rating for people who are parents, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah, I'm just looking through her. Um, Brenna Harding, who played Sarah. Yeah, the teenage Sarah. Just trying to look at her filmography. I've not actually seen anything she's been in apart no. from that. Well, she looked familiar to me. I, yeah, I recognise her, but I don't know where from. Yeah. Okay, episode three. 
is Crocodile. This I, I want to give a, people a warning because I, I know some people... This is dark. Some people listen to us and then go and watch it. Like we've, I know that. A few people have done. Yeah. Well, some people see we've done it, watch it, and then come back. Yeah. This is the one of the darkest episodes, maybe the darkest episode, in terms of what actually happens in it. Yes. Of Black Mirror. It's just not not. It, it's not a nice episode in any way. It doesn't even open nice, right? It, it's, oh no, no. Yeah. It, it, it goes. It throws you straight into. Well, fuck. Yeah, and it's just dark and um, yeah, bleak. There's no. You don't root for people in it, you know. Like you kind of just. Well, you kind of you you root for the the inspector. You do, yeah, but that's much later into the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't get introduced to quite a little bit into it. So right, we start the episode off with um, a what looks like two a couple on a night out. And then we ju- literally that last what thirty seconds, and then we jump into them drive the, this couple driving down a road, di- uh, like the middle the of nowhere, yeah, like the middle of nowhere, fucking highlands. Characters are called Mia and Rob. Mia is uh, Andrea uh, Riseborough, who has been in fucking loads of things. Yeah, she is in currently in Matilda the Musical, which came out last year. Um, the Death of Starling, National Treasure. Yeah, she's been in a lot of shit. Yeah, she's done. She's done some fair shit, and. Uh, the other chap is um, Andrew Gower, who, if anybody's watched Carnival Row, he's he's uh, he's in that, and he's in yeah he's been in the show You, Outlander, Midsummer Murders. Yeah, yeah, they all go back to them old British yeah. mid two thousand shows. Yeah, yeah, Murdoch Mysteries, all that sort of shit. So he's been, he's been, he's been in proper fucking he's been around British fucking TV shows. But yeah. So we start with those two in the car and um, they're having a chat after being out on a bit much like an all-nighter. And I think Rob's probably drink driving. Yes. And uh, basically they hit a cyclist and they kill him. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Rob emotionally blackmails Mia into helping him fucking dump the ri- dump the body in the river, which is just below where they, yeah, where they hit it. Yeah. They put him in a sleeping bag and they literally just throw him in the river. I think they weight him down. I don't know. Yeah, they weight him down and just dump him. Yeah. And it literally is a point like that they never ever find the bodies. The body is never found. Then we literally do a massive time skip by 15 years. Mia is now a successful award-winning um, architect. Yep. And yeah, she's got the life that she uh, that she wants. Always wanted. And they're not together anymore. They're not well, together. Yeah. He's not in the picture. Yeah. Her husband and she has like a, like a nine-year-old son. Yes. She goes off for a conference and she is contacted by Rob who has since sorted himself out, gotten all uh, gotten all sober and everything. And he's had a bit of a... Uh, revelation. A bit of a revelation after he read an article which brought up the the story. The missing of, guy. The missing guy. And that the fact the wife never moved on, never remarried anything. She still lives in the exact same house. Like she's waiting for him to come home. Which kind of has reminiscence of like, um, be right back. He's very like, be right back, yeah. Yeah, Rob, Rob basically tells Mia in, this ho- in her hotel room, that he is going to write her a letter. He's going to say anonymous. He's not going to name himself, but he's going to write her a letter telling him what, what yeah, actually happened dead, to her husband. Dead, yeah. They have a bit of an argument about this. And he's told, he's told me he's made up his mind. It's, that's literally what's going to happen, which leads Mia to killing him. She kind of... Yep. Yeah, she just kills him. She just does him and then kills him. Chokes him, him out. Yeah. Like it was, it was quite interesting. Like She just kind of overpowers him and then chokes him out and he just can't fight back for some reason. And then at that moment when she kills him, there's an accident happens outside the house, outside the hotel of a man walking across the street gets hit by one of these um, robotic 
or pizza delivery pizza, vans. Because yeah. those vending machines that we have now that you can get pizza vending machines. Yeah, you know, especially in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I didn't realize that um, apparently these vans pop up a load of time in season four. Yeah, like a load of the other episodes have like have them either in the background or automated delivery vans. Yeah, yeah. well, no, the uh, specific the specific company, the pizza man, they're all there. Well, we're place. so close to that shit right now, like a uh, drone delivery Tesla. Within the next ten years, they're going to be so easy to to one get one, but also like to just see them around everyone, just be used to them being around. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, this accident happens, you see a flash in the, in the window, and it looks like someone's watching her do it. But we le- we soon we soon learn that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. Mia orders a porno, which as she's scrolling through, Wraith babes, Wraith babes from um, fifty million credits uh, merit. Sorry. So there's another. Well, that's why I said earlier. Um, I don't know if we were on air. We weren't. Yeah, yeah. So, part of me wonders if that fifteen million credits or, or merit, sorry, it's called that episode is um, cookies being trapped in a cookie to do the episode, rather oh, than maybe. it be a yeah live. Because there's another episode where one of the judges is on TV on something as well. You know. Yeah, but I don't know. I I feel that because the technology that um, the inspector uses. It's very primitive compared to the stuff that actually you see in like White Christmas to make cookies. True, that. true. But then it would mean that Rafe Babes has been around for longer than we realise. Well, unless Rafe has just been making pornos and it's just upgraded as it's gone along. Yeah, it could be because it could because it could just be Babe Station, right? And it could yeah. just be that back then. But but yeah, right. Um, Mia orders porno and room service and uses the cart from the room service to to sneak out Rob's body. And uh, she basically takes it out to an industrial estate and dumps him down a manhole. Yep. It's never said if the bodies ever found. It's just left because I think the whole process of the episode happens within like two days, two three yeah, days. Yeah, even her being caught and investigated is by accident, which we're about to get into. Yeah. Yet. So this is when we're introduced to, um, I'm, if I'm pronouncing it right, Shazia. She's my favorite character in this as well. She's Shazia. Really cool. She's yeah. a, she's a, an investigator for an insurance company. And she has these this device, which is very similar to uh, other tech that we see through Black Mirror, but it's a, it seems like it's in an earlier stage. Well, her version is, because later when they talk about the version the police have, it's like crystal clear and perfect. But the version an insurance company has is a lesser... Yeah. yeah. So the idea is it's a device that they put, again, on the temple, but it's not circular, it's square. And she has a... Like an old looks like an old school monitor, and it allows if 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 the person can recreate or remember the 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 secrets of events and and the memory, she can get a picture of of what's happening. Yeah, and, and what's um, seeing. what they call a a, um, a worker for an insurance, she's essentially like a, a regressive uh, therapist, right? That's kind of she has ways and certain yeah. phrases, certain music, which yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, I've got that in my notes, of course. But yeah, no, she uh, she uses tactics like. Like uh, we're gonna say that the song, there's a song that a car was playing, which, uh, which is this season's. Um, it's basically the same song that we've seen in Fifty Million Credits. Do you remember Love or something? It's called something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Fifty Million Credits. It's from White Christmas, one of the ones in season three, and I can't remember which fucking episode it is now. But yeah, it's, I think it, it appears in all seasons. It does. Yeah. It, it, it 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 appears in the Miley Cyrus episode in season five. Yeah. So I'm looking. So we're looking forward to like season six and where that's going to pop up. It's a genuinely good yeah, song. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little. But then pop, once pop you ballad. watch fucking Black Mirror, when you hear it, it sort of gives you a bit of chills because yeah. you think to like the moments you hear it in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So she uses that song. 
She also pops open a beer because there's because there's a brewery nearby. Yeah, she's like smell the, the yeah, yeah. So she gets so she uses that and it's God. I didn't get the guy's fucking name. He's the guy that got hit. So his name is Gordy. Yeah. He's a musician. He he's the one that got hit by the pizza man. So she interviews him first, and in using his memories, she then tracks the next person, which is the girl that he saw as he walked past just before he was hit by the van. To realize that he got hit by the van because he looked at the girl. Yeah. Not because the van did anything wrong, because it's, it's insurance is what she's but, there for. But she's also but she's also saying that everybody interprets things differently. So I noticed like the speed of the van changes depending on the person's memory. Yeah. So like with um with Mia's memory, the van the, the van's going a lot faster than what's happening in her in the in the other girl's memory. Yeah. Yeah. This this leads this leads um Shazia to the next woman who was the woman that walked across the road. And then that leads her to the dentist who was still still at work because he i think she saw the flash yeah he's the one opposite yeah yeah so that that explains what the flash was when um when mia was killing rob we find out that the dentist was then the flash wasn't for looking through mia's window he was looking for a naked bloke who was like a couple of a couple of floors down he was trying to get a photo and he heard the accident but i don't think he saw it but in his memories, he clocked Mia standing so at the window. she needs to talk to her to get the full picture yeah. of what happened. So then she tracks Mia. Um, right. <laughs> I've, I've literally, I've, I've been following my notes. I just remember that sequence of things going on. Right. So that leads Shazia to go to the hotel, which then the guy says he can't reveal who it was, but he says she likes porn. So using the face tracker, Shazia gets the photo of Mia and it's... She identifies her pretty quickly oh, yeah. because she's famous. She's, she's winning this award. She's this... Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is when we find a bit more about Shazza. She's got a husband. She's got a, a, a very young child. but that, and, that, and they've got a guinea pig that he just that the husband just bought. Yeah, Mia deci- uh, Shazia decides that she's going to go see Mia now, try to get this closed because she gets a double bonus if she uh, gets it sold within 24 hours. Yeah, and then she's not trying to catch her out on nothing. She, she doesn't just know anything about it. it. She just wants, this, she just wants yeah. the images from the, from, the, from the thing. So she goes to Mia. She sets Mia, lets her in, and they go through the process. But she, before she goes through the uh, the memory thing, she tries to psych herself up to the point that she's not going to remember the murder and not going to remember anything else. It's just going to be strictly the accident, nothing else. But Mia gets stressed, and then it reveals everything. But only in glimpses, but enough that Shazia knows what the fuck's going and, on. And she, at first, she's just like, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. And so she tries to get out of there, but she's a bit a bit hasty. Yeah, too hasty. She reveals her cards. She yeah, gets a she, note. Yeah, she she, knew. She, yeah, she shows it straight away. Mia tries to explain herself. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's been under a lot of stress. Yeah, memories get a bit jumbled. You know, it's not what you think it is and all this sort of stuff. She could have said it was kink play. Like, genuinely, the guy already said about the porn, she could have said, no, it's kink play. It's not real. I didn't actually kill him. We're just, well, yeah. we're having an affair. Just, in, just into choking and stuff like that. But she's panicking. She, sh- yeah, she shits the bed pretty much. Um, Shazia gets in her car, but it won't start. Mia fucking smashes the window, knocks her out, and then we wake up. She wakes up. She's tied to a fucking chair. Yeah. Shazia says, I, I, I can, I'll just delete the footage and no one needs to know. Then Mia uses her, Shazia's technology against her, reveals her husband knows that Shazia is there. So then she now uses the GPS from her, from her, from Shazia's car. To find the husband. To find the husband. And then we got because proper... Because if, if she kills Shazia, someone's going to go know where the fuck she went. So it's, yeah. So, it's gonna, so she's it's, now it, trying to murder, lead back to her. kill everyone who can be... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, goes to Sha- she goes to Shazia's house and her husband is watching TV. And she, uh, his name is uh, Anan. And yeah. And he, well, she, he goes she, she, she fucking sneaks through the house like a fucking ninja with a hammer. He goes in the bath and she just fucking... Bludgeons him. Bludgeons him with a hammer. He, if he's not... 
if he's not dead after the hammer blow, he fucking falls under the water, so he drowns anyway. And then as she, <laughs> as she, as she, as she, as she thinks, this she's, is the warning, guys. <laughs> as she thinks she's done, she hears the baby. So she does what any logical person would do. She kills the baby. Yes. We're not told how, but I thought, well, oh yeah, I'm not sure if she smothers it or something like that, but she kills the baby. And then, <laughs> and then she, uh, then she just, then she just buggers off to her son's, um, Bugsy Malone play. We again, an interesting choice with the song they're singing, you know, yeah. it's got, like, let's forget our worries. Let's sort of be together. That kind of thing. And as she's, as she's watching the, uh, the play, she's obviously very visually, like visually distraught about what the fuck she's just done. She just murdered three people. three people in the space of 24 hours. I uh, know, four people in the space of 24 well, hours. And then a baby. Yeah, three okay, people yeah, three in a baby. Like, murdering a baby, man. Like, um, I got pissed off at that thing that happened in France the other day. Oh, the stabbing. I, I was like, because I saw the video and one guy is trying to prevent it and everyone else is running away. I know. And I just couldn't fucking believe it. I, like, I actually had to put my phone down. I was so fucking angry. Like, I'm not saying I'm a tough guy. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a hard cunt or anything like that. There's no way I'm letting a guy stab a baby. It's just not happening. No. Like, it's just not happening on my watch. I don't care what happens to it. I could die, right? As long as that baby don't get stabbed. It's, it's so weird. Yeah. So the fact that this woman is able to... A mother. <laughs> yes, a mother. Because, but like I said, a lot of this this episode is uh, the theme of love comes into it. And the theme of this is, I'm going to do anything to protect, to my, protect family. my family. And I don't give a fuck about anyone else. Yeah. And that's her her attitude. It is comes. It doesn't come from a negative place. She wasn't the kind that run the guy over. She got manipulated into it. Like all this stuff comes from someone else originally putting it on her. Yeah. And then she gets to this point where she's like, "There is nothing I am willing to do to fucking stop this from coming out because I want to be there for my husband and my child." Yeah. And I think a lot of parents would feel that way with killing a baby. Yeah, a bit rough. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's watching the side of this where we see that the police were called to the house. I'm not sure what how like because he she, he didn't make any noise. They don't show you how, but I guess there's neighbors. There's I think they saw they said that the neighbor reported seeing someone suspicious in the house yeah. around around. Well, the she province. had a mask on when yeah when, when she was fat, but she takes it down when she spots the baby. That, yeah. If she kept the mask up, she wouldn't have been caught. You know. Yeah. So it's then revealed that. The baby was blind. Yep. So <laughs> that's, was, so that's twist number one. Yeah, there was, there was <laughs> twist no number to, one. The baby is blind and she did not need to do that. Yeah. yeah. And then what we find out is that the police have a bit more advanced technology than Shazia has. And there's one last witness that she left alive in the house. And then they pick up the hamster. The fucking guinea pig. Yeah. So they, they, we, we know that the basic the way is that they're going to use the guinea pig and it's going to show Mia killing yeah. the baby. And it shows you how advanced their tech must be because guinea pig's eyes are shit. Yeah, but then you see it when she's when she's able to identify me. When she's able to identify her, it's from a grainy glass. Like she's able to. Yeah, so the face tech recognition is good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, her yeah. tech's pretty good. Let alone the police's tech. Yeah. So yeah, so that's when we are pretty much led to believe that's where that's where the episode finishes when you literally just see the guinea pig. But yeah, that's that one. There's a one of the darkest episodes in it. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's the one if you ever hear Joe Rogan talk about Black Mirror, the first thing he says is crocodile, and he and he sort of goes, oh fuck, <laughs> straight away, he's like, oh man. He's like that fuck. He's better than guess he's a dad, right? He's like yeah. that fucked me. That was so fucked. I mean, how the fuck did they think of this? And I'm like, you're right. How the fuck did they think of the twists? Because there's two. 
the blind baby and then the hamster, the two twists, like, you know, the, the ability for, for it to be a woman. And originally as well, like this is something I read, originally it was meant to be a man. More impactful, uh, as, more a woman. impactful as a woman. Way yes, more impactful way more as a woman. Impactful. Yeah, and, then, and I can't remember who suggested it. It might have been the showrunner, the woman who's the uh, main showrunner. Or it might have even been the actress, right? It might have been the actress herself had applied for a different role yeah. and was like, I think, I think I could do this one. You know, it was something along the lines of that. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a woman on the team who went, you know what, this is a... If this was a mother, a mother murdering a... Like, this is dark. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking great episode, I think. One, yeah. of, my, one of my favorites. E easily. It's, it's, it's... Like we said, we had to give a warning because of how fucking dark it is. Oh, yeah. you were right, actually. That you wanted, I looked at, I was looking at trivia in IMDb. It goes, the lead role was initially written for a man until Andrea Riseborough uh, came in and read for one of the other parts and challenged the producers to make the lead character a woman. Yeah. Because yeah, you it, fucking spot on for oh, doing yeah. it. Like, I can I can imagine it having the same sort of feel as um, if it was uh, a bloke doing it. I don't think it would. It would have had the same sort of impact. No, no, it would. It wouldn't at all. And like, um, there's there's you know, it's almost got Greek tragedy written all over it as well. You know, like the yeah. fucking way they've done it or Shakespearean tragedy. It's such a fucking yeah. good, good writing. Like, um, I think we haven't got to the end of this season, but I think for quality of every episode this might be the best season just in terms of all-round quality across the board it's not like you get to season two and you start you get waldo you know like and it's sort of oh, it's good i like it but it's a little bit of a letdown waldo or, waldo lets season two down yeah and it's it does let down or like season one i guess the fucking very first episode is kind of the weakest it's a little bit silly it's very dated now when you look at it, it i well, still like it but, I, but i like i've told you before i think i've said in the past i prefer i don't like 15 million merits that's not that's one of my yeah that's one yeah, i quite like that but you don't and then, but then you know um you entire finish, history you, of you is you finish on a banger <laughs> that fucking that that episode is incredible I mean, that's very greek as well it's kind of like oedipus right that like um because oedipus cuts his eyes out at the end after he realizes that he's, he's done sleeping, he's sleeping with his mother he's sleeping with his mother and he killed his father but in at the end of that once he realizes that he pushed so much to find out the truth he cuts the fucking grain out at the end yeah. like a lot of them play on that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the everybody. Yeah, both both first two seasons, especially, got their weaker weaker episodes. But this is not really a weak episode. I think. Yeah, I think Men Men Against Fire is probably the weakest episode of season yeah, three. It's still a good it's episode. A, yeah, it's a really it's... good episode. But in terms of what we just had, like when you had Sanji and Apero just before it, Hated in the Nation isn't. I guess that's kind of weak too, but because it's too long, I it's, think that's it's an hour and a half. It's the longest episode they've done. Yeah. But then you think you had like three bangers with nosedive play playtest I really like. Playtest is okay. And Shut Up and Dance is incredible. But if, I think playtest is kind of weak in terms of the rest of if you look at everything else, like if you were to compare yeah, I guess. play if you were to compare playtest to say crocodile, like yeah. it's not it's a no brainer. But this season is just literally like filled with great fucking oh, yeah. episodes. Like And they're all different, everything about it, even though they feel focused on like certain bits of technology, it's still similar with the technology. Every story is completely different with it and how they handle everything. Every episode in this season hits you in the feels in a different way. Yeah. Uh, I guess we got to rate this one. I'm going to give it a high... I'm going to give it a nine. This is a really good fucking episode. 8.5 for me. 8.5. I'd give it above that just because of the guttural, like, oof at yeah. the end. <laughs> like, the just... The fact that, like, you get hit three times at the end with something, like, that is just almost distraught. Mm. Part one, she kills a baby. That's fucking disgusting. That's always dark as fuck no matter what. Part two, you find out the baby is blind and was never a threat. Yeah. Part three, the hamster soil. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like almost funny, the, the final one. It's almost just like, you dumb fuck. You're not getting away with this because guess what? You didn't think hard enough. You're not smart enough to get Kill a baby, but you don't kill a pet. Yeah. And it's just so 
weird and i even think I can't, i'm trying to remember i only watched it a couple of days ago uh for maybe the third time um she even glances at the fucking hamster right in the room she sort of sees it and just walks off yeah but like, what she's seen is she's seen the technology that shazia has which means that she can look at memories from there so that if she's not even thinking about no so the animal doesn't even come into the into the equation and that gets answered in um the final episode of the season about animals and yes. how most of this tech was already tested on animals beforehand yeah. and all that kind of thing yeah Right, so we jump to episode four, which is your favourite episode yeah, of the season. Yeah, full disclaimer, this is actually my favourite episode of Black Mirror Full Stop. Called Hang the DJ. Yes. So we meet Frank, who is played by Joe Cole, who is one of the um, brothers in Peaky Blinders. He is, yeah. So I, was, look, I was watching it last night, I was just like, I, fucking know I fucking know that face, and I can't think where I know it from. So I knew his face, and then it was when his accent would come through, and I'd be like, and I looked it up and I was like, fuck, yeah, of course, yeah, Peaky Blinders, yeah, that's where he's from. Yeah, he is, um, he is at a place called The Hub. Just a place, it's just a, it's a like weird... It's just a restaurant. A very clean restaurant, Yeah. A very sleek, almost maybe high-end yeah, restaurant. Yeah, it looks posh, yeah. yeah. And he is meeting his date called Amy, who is played by, Borgita, by, played by Georgina Campbell. And she's fucking gorgeous, that girl. She, yeah, yeah, she's, 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 she's quite, quite very, a good-looking girl. Looking, yeah. yeah, and she is a bit... Uh, well, see if there's anything... Actually, if I know if she's been in anything, I've seen... British stuff. Krypton. That was the... I watched a bit of that. That was the Superman um, prequel yeah. show. Right, yeah. So, dad, she, so she, she was a main character in that. She was in Holby City. For yeah, episode. that's what I mean. She was in, she was in all that. Doctor, co- yeah, she's yeah, done Casualty. Yeah, yeah she's, the, done the, she's done the... The UK usual, rounds The British rounds... If she'd had the bill, she'd have, the, she'd have fucking bingo. But, uh, right, so, back to it. Yeah, they're meeting each other. They are at, uh, this is their, what they describe as this their first time with the system. Yes, with the coach. Yeah, where they have they have a, like, uh, a, a device that is the coach, and that's basically... It, co- it yeah, looks it, like a night, like one of them old night lights. It looks yeah. like one of those, like, round disc in yeah. their hand. It, yeah, it coach basically guides them through, like, this, this idea that... They're in this. They're in this this place, and it's about going on dates and forming relationships to Finding build your perfect to, f- to find your perfect match. But each date you go on is to build a profile to find the right person. Yes, for you. and the little disc they have it reminds me a lot of the um, the Amazon devices that you get, you know, Alexis, yeah. all those sort of things. What, it, it, but like a handheld yeah. walkabout, one of those. Yeah, and they they sit down and they're like, right, what are we ordering, and. The coach tells them that it's already been ordered for them because they know your preferences. Because they know your preferences, so their food turns up and that you they 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 immediately have chemistry. Yeah, they, straight they the ba- minute they lay eyes on yeah, each other, the banter, the banter, spark, the banter's bouncing bouncing off each other. It, it it is like that's there because she's quite confident and he's got an awkwardness about him, but it play they play off each other so well, like yeah. straight away. And and when you're watching it, you go, oh yeah, these two like each other. Like they, it's such again, it's part of why it's my favorite episode. But yeah. their acting is like spot on. The pair of them are spot on in that role, you know. But then something weird happens, like because um she's having pasta. And he asks to try a bit. And she lets him try a bit. But he's like, are we allowed to? Yeah, but then he looks and there's like a guard who's like watching him like a hawk. I'm like, that's a bit weird. Yeah, and he says, he says, she goes, she, he says, can I try a bit? She's like, are we allowed? And he looks and he's sort of like, oh, fucking yeah, just do it. Yeah, just do it. do it. Yeah. So then they, as, as they're eating, they uh, they decide to get, they decide to check what is ex, what is considered their expiry date. Yes. So they click it and it's told that their relationship will last 12 hours. Or well, they're together for 12 hours. Yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. Lift, yeah. Get whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. so they're together for 12 hours. They finish their food. They go to they they an unmanned cab turns up like almost like a um what do they call it like them? a golf cart looking thing yeah 
Rickshaw, yeah, rickshaw. That's it. That's what I think. Like a rickshaw turns up and takes him to this cottage. Which is a nice looking cottage. little nice like sort of place you'd rent for the weekend or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're ba- they're banter. There's definitely chemistry there. You can see it with them. Like they're they're banter and they're they're full of like taking the piss out of each other and it's it's all good. It's but they, real. It's yeah. If it, you, you know, Scott, when you meet someone for the first time and like, you know, when there's, there's, there's something there that like you can feel it. You, you don't even, you don't know what it is yet. Yeah. But yeah. You, you feel, you, you know, both, like, you, you know, something, you know something there's something there. there, you know, and sometimes you can feel like with someone you meet and you just make eye contact for the first time and there's, yeah, something. you can't explain it. There's something there and that's what they, like a light switch turns on. That's right? what they show each other. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're this t- cottage, but they literally just stay up chatting all night. They don't have sex, nothing. It's literally, they just stay up chatting. But they ask the thing whether they should fuck yeah, or Yeah, and it's well. like, yeah. you, you do it, you, it's up to you what you want to do. And they sort of lay in bed, chat, and they hold hands and they just yeah, both about. sort of smiling, holding hands yeah. next to each other. And and then, yeah, they, so the next morning, their, their clock winds down, the, the cabs turn up and take them back off the way to where they go. But they don't want to leave each other. They're sort of like a lingering, like, and she says she says to him, she went, oh, if we had more time, you would have got it, you know? And he was like, yeah. oh, really? Oh, we wasted our time. And he goes, so would you. You would have got it too, you know? And there's yeah, like yeah. A, a thing there, you know? Yeah, yeah. My got it, I mean sex. Just in case anyone's wondering what I'm on about. <laughs> you would have got it. Uh, right, so yeah, they, they go their separate ways. And then I'm not sure how much time passes. Never read. Really, not the top, long. There's not Cause a lot she, of Because she says it quite often already. She yeah. sort of does that already. Oh. So they get they get they get given their next partners. Frank has a fucking horrible battle axe of a woman called Nicole. No sense of humor. No like, grace about her. Just fucking plain faced. Everything. When he turns up to meet her, she's already eaten. Well, you were late. And he was like, I only found out 15 minutes ago. I had to get dressed. And she goes to him, you got changed? Yeah, you, yeah that's changed. <laughs> you dressed up? Yeah, you can tell she's just like, yeah, she looks like, some, she looks like she's constantly smelling shit. And uh, yeah, she's a fucking horrible woman. Her name's Nicole. Uh, Amy has a date at the exact same time and hers is called Lenny. It was a very handsome man. He's a handsome guy. Smarmy, you know. Yeah, he's already revealed that he's had five relationships already. Uh, but when they first interact, she's laughing at his jokes, but she's faking it because he's not funny. Like, yeah. we get to see before who really makes her laugh. Yeah. But here she's faking it because so it goes to like the physical attraction is there for her. She looks at him and goes, Whoa, that's yeah. a good looking guy. He's chiseled, eh? He's, he's fucking got abs, everything. Yeah, she looks at that and she goes, That's a really good looking guy. So yeah, I mean, this is this is fun, right? This is fun. Yeah. But she's tricking herself because it's it's not She's trying she's trying to allow herself to be sucked into the Because system. of physical attraction is yeah. yeah, there's physical attraction there. Well, I mean, you know, so this is where they look at their they look at their expiry dates and theirs is gonna Lenny and Lenny and Amy's is gonna last nine months, and much to Nicole and Frank's hatred, their relationship's gonna last a year. So they go back. They go back to their respective cottages. Apparently, the sex with Lenny is amazing by her reaction. And uh, well, but he says it. He goes, "This is my fifth time," and uh, I find that having sex straight away yeah. opens the end. She's like, um, "Okay, yes, like yeah, I guess." Yeah, you know. Cool. And she did, she wasn't complaining, but um, Nicole was pretty much just like fucking a fucking a mattress. She's just lying there. She hates and complaining everything. and complaining. Yeah, your breath stinks. Can you go faster? Can you move side to side? Can you do this? while she's complaining about him and his performance, she's doing nothing oh, no, herself. She's, not, she's yeah. not helping. She's not taking control because they show it side by side. It's like he's the only one trying, yeah. and she doesn't give a fuck. So then we jump to them, like pretty much everybody like crashing in bed. Lenny makes um, the sound every time he takes a sip of something like it's and it you can see automatically it starts grating on uh well, bef- on amy before that the first time he does it is when they're in bed next to each other she's smiling she's got that glow about her yeah and he goes and she's like hmm. 
she makes a little noise herself, like, mm, and he's like, what was that about? Yeah. He challenges, like, what was that about? She says, nothing. And then she tries to hold his hand and he doesn't, he turns away and he's yeah. fucking playing with his ear or whatever. Yeah. So, because she thinks back to the night before with Frank and he's laid there holding hands and this guy just can't, he, he's all about the sex and the fucking uh, visuals of a it. A dump all. and done. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck, but they've got to spend nine months together, you know? Yeah, and then Nicole snores. Then we jump to a um, a weird sort of like community scene. Like a party type. Yeah, with two characters called Edna and Mike, and they, they are their forever partners. They found the perfect match. Yeah, yeah. they found the perfect match. But the, ver- the whole thing is very culty. You know, it's, you're looking at it, it screams cult. Like there's, there's scenes where they're driving, like the cab is driving them to the cottages, and there's just these massive ass fucking walls. The whole community looks like it's it's walled by like 100, 200 foot walls. It's huge walls. It's gated off from the rest of the world. The clothing a lot of the people wear, like all the security are just in black. Yeah. The people that find the perfect match, they're often wearing like brown, almost like sack looking clothes. They don't look. Yeah. It does look very culty, but also it kind of, it's very dystopian. Like I know I remember watching it for the first time thinking like, oh, is this what's left of humanity so to ensure the right people get together for the right genes? Genetic matches. You kind of, like yeah, that. you sort of think that's what's going on. Yeah. So, you, there's and, not and much they mentioned a few times that there's nothing else out yeah. there. Yeah, the, it's, it's empty, a wilderness. There's no one else there. It's, re- it's really weird. But they also say that once you find your perfect match, you leave. Well, to go where then? Exactly. You're right. It's almost like culty, are they lying? Yeah. Um. Right, so Nicole moans more about Frank and just non-stop constantly yeah just berating when him he eats the... dips he's like mm, garlic thanks for that um, then Frank bumps into Amy and it's automatically like they, they're literally just picking up where they left off yeah, it's flirty they're, 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 flirting, they're laughing they're joking they're touching each other you notice that straight away hands on each other they're sort yeah. of and it, it jumps to the throws scene, up on a shoe there's a scene that fucking really cracked me up was uh, when Lenny's going down on Amy and halfway through he, he does the <sighs> Yeah, I'd like fucking crap, man. And she sees she's and into, you see her face. She's into it, and then all of a sudden he's like, "You fucking ruined it." But yeah, it, 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 we then we speed forward. It's like it's like we don't see anything else. We're counting either. down to the end of the yeah. relationship, and so, Frank and the chick aren't talking. They hate each other. They hate each other. And Amy she, and Lenny's broke up like three months before hers did. Yeah, but but when you see the end of that, and you just get a, a montage of him going ah, at different points. Yeah, in time. yeah. Like it gets to the point where they're kind of waiting for their cows after the nine months, and it's like right, she just she just walks off. Yeah, so she's had enough of this cunt, and then literally within. What a day or so she's matched up with another one, and it's just thirty six hours it's each time. Three times of thirty six hours, where it's literally just sex and there's fuck all and else. And she's there. broken by it. You, the, her face is just broken by it. Yeah, like. she it, the system's failing her really. Uh, Nicole and Frank's time uh, finally comes up, and yeah, she just he tries to say goodbye to her. She goes, "Don't walks yeah, off, <laughs> fucks off." Worst year of her life by the sounds of it. Then they get matched together again, and that's when they agree that they're not going to look at the expiry date. They're just going to go with it because they're sick of it they want to just enjoy each other and they're, they're, yeah. they're almost confused that they found each other again but they're happy about it you know uh, there's like an issue thing where they're, they're walking around because like Frank's on edge he he knows he, he wants to know what the expiry date is he he, becomes he, doesn't obsessed. Want it, he doesn't want it to win no but he's becoming obsessed she's the one right? you can see they haven't told each other they're in love with each other yet but it's fucking clear that yeah. they are head over heels in love with each other yeah you get to see this a bit of sex scene with them you get to see them holding hands laying in bed next to each other they are in love with each other yes yeah no, yeah completely right but he can't handle not knowing that tomorrow could be the last day he yeah just, it crushes him like he, he's, he's stopping him it's from, killing him it's, 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 stop, it's, it's stopping him from fully committing because he just he knows that it's gonna end but he needs to know when 
They have the scene about the skipping stones, which is an important scene. Yes, I found that the skipping stones thing, and then they discuss simulation theory. Yeah, they discuss simulation theory because she's like, every time I skip a stone, I, I always get four. I can't get more or less than four. I always hit four. Why is it always four? And the reason the number four is actually in this episode for that is because it's season four. That's the reason why. Oh, right. That's, the, That's yeah. the reason why it's in there because it's season four oh, okay. and episode four. Season four, episode four, and one of the last things she does when she skips coach across the water. That's at four forty-four minutes and forty-four seconds. Yeah, yeah. So the episode. The, the number four comes into it a lot in this but just literally because it's season four yeah that's literally all it is but yeah um so frank starts to obsess with this the expiry day and he can't sleep he literally gets up and he checks what the date is five years but because he's checked without amy being there and checking as well it re it causes the system to recalibrate the recalibrate that's the one yeah, yeah couldn't, couldn't find it <laughs> couldn't find the word um yeah, it, to their uh, their expiry date. So it goes from five years... Down to three. Down to, no, down to 20 hours. Your, it, it goes oh, boom, three, then it's like nine months, then it's like four weeks, and then boom, 20, 20 hours. hours yeah. yeah, 20 hours, and that's like... And it, it breaks him. Oh, yeah, he it, it, fucks, it fucks him massively. And then he literally decides, to, he tells her, well, they've got an hour left. Well, he's moody with her the whole time. Like, she's just like hugging him and being normal. She's like, what? And she challenges him at the end of it. She's like... What is wrong with you? And he goes, I looked and we've got an hour left. Yeah. So he fucked it up. She's pissed at him. So they basically just, that's it. They're done. Yeah. She storms off and leaves. He's heartbroken. He's crying his eyes out. He's fucking sitting in the room. And they're like, you have to vacate the current premises. I fucking know that already. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he tries to tell her when they're arguing. He's like, we should just fucking ignore it and just jump. Just the go. Wall. Let's go. Just, Let's just go together. Yeah. But she's heartbroken that he fucking broke the promise not to look. As soon as he mentions like climb over the wall everybody Security stops guard, yeah. no everybody stops and, and looks. looks at them yeah so they fucking like she storms off and that's it then he's with another girl and uh she's sucking him he's, off he's sucking him and he's literally just ranting to her about him yeah and then when he's fucking her she's moaning about this other well, no, guy no, he goes he goes he's like would you mind if i just thought about this other girl she goes as long as i can think about this other guy and he goes yeah cool and then they, they they just fuck it then it starts getting then it starts going like it starts getting fucking into it yeah. it's really weird but the way she says it my jaws are hurting <laughs> she's sucking him off she's like can we get, can, can you just put it in because my jaws hurting yeah. uh, Amy gets a notification saying that her pairing day is set for the next day the and that, that means they found her match yeah, yeah her match has been found but she's given the chance to meet one more one one last person to say goodbye before she but goes. she asked the coach a few questions she's like can you give me any hints who it is and they're like no is it someone i've met before because you know what she's thinking and it's and he says no and, and she it says, says no. no and then they're like she's like oh, okay and then it and then it says to her you can meet someone to say goodbye it's good for the bonding process to kind of you know and she says frank instantly straight away without she hesitation she says frank so they meet and they find they've got an hour and a half together they oh, walk yeah. up to and they just fucking make out straight away and automatically people are looking at them yep they're, as they're chatting they realize that none of them can remember anything from before from before the system like they don't remember like being kids. They don't remember anything. Their family, nothing. They know yeah. nothing other than being in this place. So they've had enough, and they literally decide that they're going to go over the wall. This is when the security get involved. But it's a really weird thing where it's like he comes out, fires up the taser, and she literally just puts her hand on it, and it all stops. And everybody stops. And like, everyone every pauses. It's almost like it's almost, it's almost like a the Callister episode where yeah. he can pause time. Yeah. So everybody, yeah, everybody freezes. And they literally do the big legs and they find, they find, they come along the wall and they find a ladder. They start climbing. This is when shit starts to get weird. All the lights go out first. All the lights go out. And then all of a sudden, everything just breaks down into data. And then they get to the top and then you literally see a thousand other pairings of them, of them wearing different clothes and all this sort of stuff. A different number above their head, yeah. Yeah. 
And it turns out that... They, 998 matches. Yeah, so it's... Or a, rebellions, even. A 99.8% match. And then we literally... It, it pops out and uh, we find that this has been a dating app the whole time. Yep. And it was literally running a thousand simulations at the same time. To Before see, matching people together. Yeah, to see how they would react with this match. And it turns out it's a, a, a perfect, almost a perfect pairing. And at that same time, they're in this pub. The Smiths Panic is playing. Yep, which is where the speaker, Hang the DJ, hang the DJ. Yeah, comes from. And yeah, this basically reveals that the whole episode took place relatively within in a seconds. Si- within a dating app stipulation in seconds. In seconds. Yeah. And, and it's to match the two of them. And they both see each other and they smile. There's the spark that we see. It, it's there. Yeah, it's there. And and the app was right to pair them together. Yeah. And um, the episode ends. It's a rare happy ending for a Black Mirror episode. A ve- the only happy ending, right? Um, you could kind of count Black Museum, maybe. But oh, uh, maybe San Junipero is a happy yeah, ending. Ha- yeah, that is. But it's, that's so sad. That whole episode. It, it's a sad episode, but it, it's, got, it's got a nice it ending. It does have a nice ending. Uh, it's very rare for, for a happy ending in this show. And, you know, this is my favourite episode of Black Mirror, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I am not a sucker for romance stories, yeah. but sometimes a love story can be done so fucking well that how can you not like it, Yeah, you know? And this is one of those. It's like the writing, the banter between them, the way they look at each other, the, the fucking, the, the acting, the chemistry that they clearly show it's unparalleled there's not many shows where you can see people that are meant to be in love and it, you go oh, i feel that they're in love with each other yeah. like and this does it feels, it feels like they're actually together in real life like yeah that. you almost you buy it yeah you you 100 buy it hook like and line of sinker and then when you get to that ending and they're just in a bar like a normal british bar somewhere and the smiths are playing and they're just smiling at each other and you just go yes i root for them yeah. <laughs> that's how you feel yeah, yeah. and um yeah it, and there, there's deeper parts of it why like it's my favorite fucking show like the way it shows like um online dating mm. this like hookup culture the fact that like especially with her she's fucking these guys she she's bored she doesn't care like or the bit when they're both stuck in relationships they don't want to be in so how many people get stuck in a relationship they don't want to be in yeah exactly you know? and it just highlights all of this stuff in like an hour you know not just yeah and, and it manages to pull your heartstrings in the right place make you care about the right characters make you judge them make you think and Maybe it's because I like to write, but it just from a writing standpoint, this stands out as like a fucking superb level of writing. Oh, it's a great, it's a, it's a perfectly written episode, really. It's, it's not, it's not, it, there's no, I can't think of anything bad about that episode. It is, it's yeah, that, that's the thing with it. And then, then just, yeah, to get a happy ending, like, and uh, when I looked up on, I looked up online to see how people thought about the ending. And you know what most people were saying? Made them cry. Really? Yeah, that's so many people watched that episode mm. and were just emotionally just like bawling my eyes out at the end. Because they get a chance to be happy, you know? And um, I was like, yeah, I understand it. It doesn't make me cry, but I understand. No. I understand how that could affect someone watching it. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. um, and then when you watch it the second time round and you get to see the chemistry again from the beginning, yeah, which is kind of how I felt with it. I was just like, ah, fuck. Yeah, they've got, like, you realise, like, oh, there's really something there with them. Like, there's, there's, they're, they're fucking this up. Don't fuck it up. You yeah, know, yeah. you kind of have that feeling. Like, yeah, don't look at the expiry date. Look at yeah, the just don't date. fuck this up. You this works. fucking tit. Yeah, so I mean, I rate this highly. So I mean, nine point five is the highest I would ever go. So that's what I rate it as nine point five. It's just a fucking solid, good episode. And uh, for once, no, well, not for once. For the, every so often, Black Mirror will make you go, "Oh, thank fuck for that." It didn't end horribly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. So, what are you going to score this like a nine point five? Nine point five, I think. Yeah, I'll give it a nine. 
Yeah. It's a great, it's a fucking great episode. Like, I, I encourage anybody to go out of the way, even just to watch this one episode. Yeah, it's just I mean, really nice. It's just, really... just as an episode, yeah, even if you don't like this kind of thing, it's just a good fucking episode. Yeah. Of anything, really. You know, and then it's rare to get, Black Mirror does it a lot. It's rare to present what they present. But it's even rarer to me, and they do it with San Junipero as well, to present this uh, thought for, thought-provoking, challenging the human psyche, what it means to be alive, what it means to be in love, all the to do that, but also to do it with a love story, that's difficult. Yeah, It's very easy to do with horror or with, you know, thriller or suspense, but it's fucking difficult to do it with love and they do it multiple times. Just good writers behind And Be Right Back does it, you know, and it doesn't have a good ending, but again, it presents it with a fucking, from a, a perspective of love, you know? It's dark ending. But when they do do a love story, they fucking nail it every time. Yeah. Like Be Right Back's another one. I bet people fall their eyes out watching that. I'd imagine so many people would cry their eyes out watching well, that. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the, um, the lost, the lost episode that we had to re-record without T and like that was a fucking. It fucked him, yeah. It completely yeah. fucked him. That. Yeah, that was a hard one for him. Yeah, he just couldn't handle it. He was, he was, he was in tears talking about it. Talking about it, yeah. 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 Episode five, probably what we've both both said. Weakest episode in the season, but it's not a bad episode. It's just not as good as the other ones in the season. That's literally the only way you can explain it. Upon reflection, though, with a current tech, a bit scarier than it was the first time around. Yeah. You know? It's also... Um, shot in black and white. It's shot, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, all, very... it's, it's all shot in black and white, which is literally the only episode that does it. And there's literally only three cast members, three live cast members yeah. in the entire, in the in the episode. So it's an easy one to do for them. And I think the reason it's black and white as well is to, is because of duality i think that's the reason they did it because when when we get to the end and we talk about the things of it and we talk about what it is to be human versus what it is to be a machine there yeah. is the black and white contrast there like very very obvious you know right yeah yeah so this one as we said is shot completely in black and white it's almost dystopian it is dystopian yeah, we, we are in, like in, in a, england i guess it's scotland scotland, scotland yeah. scottish highlands is set in it's yeah, something's happened. We we we're, you're not sure what really has happened, but there's three people. Like these three people are foraging. They're, they're looking for supplies. You don't know what they're looking for. We just know that they're, they're out looking for something. And they head to this location that they know has the item that they're looking for. So your characters are Bell, which is played by Maxine Peak, Clark, which is played by Jake Davis, and Anthony, it's played by Clint Dyer. Now, really, the only member of that cast really that needs to be about is Maxine Pike because Bell, because she's she is the main character yeah, of the yeah. episode. So, they are going to a warehouse and just think any post-apocalyptic show, Walking Dead, whatever it is, they need something, whether it's survival or whatever. They need they're searching for something. We we do find out what that is. Well, but we are led to believe it's like medicine. That's what they're looking for. They're it looking seems for, like someone's it. not well. They're looking for medicine. They have this conversation about pigs in the car. How that there's no pigs about anymore. Was that was that, was that literally what it was? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. He said they seal the pig dens empty. That's right. And he says that, that he said they killed all, the dogs. Killed all the pigs. That's it. The dogs. The dogs killed all the pigs. Dogs. And, killed, dogs killed fucking everything. And then she says something. She says something that reminded me of Animal Farm. She was like, "Oh, we're all we're all equal now." Uh-huh. And it's like, "Cause Animal Farm is like all animals equal," and that's not the fuck truth yeah and that's a a bleak thing to say at the beginning the dogs the dogs killed all the pigs you do not see another animal in the whole fucking thing the bird you don't hear anything it's just yeah there's no life apart from these people that just greenery and that's it well you don't even know it's greenery because it's black and white it's black and white you're right to properly set out the measure of how fucking desperate and and depleted everything is it's not even there's no color in this at all so they arrive at this warehouse um clark goes to um hotwire a van 
It's a different sort of system where you've got to actually have codes inputted into the system of this van to get it to fire up, otherwise it won't stop. Yeah, it's a more futuristic thing. Yeah. You have to hack it, basically, rather than hotwire it. Yeah, Anthony and Bell head into the warehouse to find the items that they're looking for. They've got the code for it, they find it, they pull the trolley over, and um, Anthony moves the box. As he moves the box, there's a little, there's like a metal contraption behind the box, which releases a shrapnel bomb that causes Anthony to fall off of the, uh, off the, off the ladder. And it also hits Bell down below. It's how much of a fucking range this bomb has. And it comes to life. And these, these is, this is what they call the dog. Yeah. And he's literally like the Boston Dynamics dog that we see. Yeah. So similar to that. It's almost, it's more like a bug, but with two, with four legs. You know, it looks very shell-like. You yeah. Know, it doesn't make any noise. I think it's just how they move and everything. They're called dogs. Yeah. And it fucking, it jumps down from the, uh, from the shelf and just fucking blows Anthony's head out. Fucking just one shot. Back Completely ahead. annihilates him. Yeah, fucking does him in. Anthony's killed. Bell and Clark uh, flee. But Clark manages to hotwire the van. And Bell jumps in the car and they fucking bolt it. But the dog's quick. Catches up catches up with uh, with Clark. Jumps in the back and fucking just blows his brains out as well. That scene where they're getting chased by the dog reminds me of uh, Terminator 2 and uh, the uh, T-2000. The liquid metal was going yeah. after them. It's very similar to that. The run. Uh, yeah, so the, the dog then hot wires the van and chases Belle, nearly runs her off the road, but she nearly, and then in turn, she nearly falls off a fucking cliff. The dog then tracks her and jumps into the car where it fucking fall. the car falls, but Belle gets out just before the car falls and the dog loses a leg. So it's, it, you think it's slightly impaired, but it's not really. No, it doesn't, literally doesn't really change much about it at all. No. But it doesn't feel pain, so it doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Know? Um, this is when we find that uh, Bell's managed to get away from the dog for a little while, and she noticed that the shrapnel has trackers. Yeah, it's glowing. It's got it's like a little beep. Like, yeah, yeah it's light flashing it, and it's got trackers. So she has to cut the tracker out, and then she puts it. And in it's a hard. It's not an easy thing to do. It's well, like, no, she tried it with a knife, and it wasn't budging. She had to get a pair of pliers, like from like, like a Swiss it, Army knife, and yeah. rip it out. So that and it's like hooked. It's like yeah, it's horrible fucking yeah. thing. She puts it in a fucking water bottle and sends it down the river to distract the dog. But what she doesn't realize is, that even though she's managed to get it out, she hasn't sewn up the wood wound and the, her, her blood drips are giving her away so the dog picks up the scent and she's having a conversation on a, on a walkie-talkie just telling everybody that she's probably not going to make it back everybody else is dead we can sorry. hear the walkie-talkie too as well you pick up on that because it can pick up on the sound yeah it hears, it hears the signal it picks up on the signal and, and just follows follows it. it fucking catches up with her like not even really quickly yeah because she has to hide up the tree and yeah yeah, she manages to escape um, to a point where she climbs up the tree and the dog finds her, but the dog can't get up the tree because it hasn't got all its legs. So what she finds out is the dog kind of goes to sleep, but it's got battery, it's got like um battery life. So she basically, every she counts to a thousand, down from a thousand, and she throws something and wakes it up and slowly drains the battery out of it to the point where it's depleted. That gives her a chance to escape, and then she fucking big legs it uh, through the forest and finds a walled-in mansion Homestead, well, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not a mansion it's, it's just a very very nice house yeah. also almost reminds me of the house from um season one episode three. Oh, the yeah the guy lives in the nice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of reminds me of that house she gets she manages to get the keys gets into the house but she's looking for the car keys but you notice when she first gets into the house she pauses because she's it's not that she recognizes the house i think she starts to remember what normal life used to be and there's a piano her. there's a guitar there's yeah. photos on the wall there's and because it's black and white, we can't really see what the state the house is in. It just, but it, it looks in black and white. It looks pristine. It like, looks pristine. It's never yeah. been touched. And 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 I think she's like they've been on the road for a, clearly maybe even a year at this point. You know, they're surviving in on they've nothing. Got a, they've got a colony somewhere. Yeah, and it's like they're fucking struggling. And I think she walks in, and it's just like, oh, look at everything we've lost. Look at every part of society we've lost. Yeah. And it stuns her, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So while she's in, while she's rummaging through the house trying to find these car keys, the dog fully recharges itself and sets off. But again, because of the blood dripping from her leg, find it finds her, yeah. tracks her to the house, hot wires the gate, opens up and just fucking goes in, gets into the house. She goes upstairs and then that's when the smell hits her and she finds a couple that she right, be, yeah. a bit of, have been literally rotting on the bed for however long this has been going on for with a shotgun in one ha- in, in one of the corpse's hands and, and the keys she's looking for. Which is a very common... Um, scene in post-apocalyptic movies People and cinema and, and TV shows where, where they'll find I think they find something yeah they find that in um, 28 Days Later yes yeah they, uh, Walking Dead has an episode yeah. that has that in it um, I think one of the Romero films, they go in to find and find people that have killed themselves. As Pretty well. sure you find it in The Last of Us as well. In The Last of Us, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's this, a trope. It's, yeah. a, it's a dystopian cliche, really. But it makes sense. People would just fucking eat themselves, like, yeah. you know. Well, you either you either go out yourself, or you well, fuck it, or, or, or this thing's gonna fucking this, come and kill this, you anyway. This fucking drone robot dog is gonna fuck you up anyway. Yeah. So yeah, the dog overrides the gate at this point when she finds the gun. She's go, she goes upstairs. She's upstairs. She managed to patch up her leg. <laughs> And everything, and in that meantime, the dog walks around through the house and picks up a knife. In its in its knackered leg, it now crumps onto a fucking knife. Yeah, it just sort of twists it onto itself. Yeah, yeah it connects the knife, and that's when she uh, yeah she realizes that the dog's in the house. So what she does, she lures it into the into a room, throws paint over its face to block its uh, its senses. And it works. It works. It can't. It literally starts attacking randomly. She can't do nothing about it. Uh, she runs down. With the key, car keys, goes to start the car, but the car won't fucking boot up because it's probably the battery's dead. The car's got enough juice for the fucking radio to start, of course, and it's playing old uh, golden brown, texture like sun. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out why that song, but it's, it is a melancholy song, and it is like, um, yeah, I don't, spoiler I'm, alert, like to die to, yeah, it makes it makes sense of like a, the last song you ever hear, you know? like. But there's always a meaning for shit, but I don't know the meaning behind uh, that playing. Could be maybe the color of the item that they were trying to find, which you find out later, because there's no color in it. So it could be that. Right. So yeah, Bella plays the song "Golden Brown" by the Stranglers to distract the dog. The song alludes to a, to the quest for something pleasing that's golden brown, although its color is not shown. Stuffed bears are more. That's what I was there. That right. that was what I was thinking. Like, if it is it to do with the color of the yeah, we'll get to that. Well, yeah, well, I've already ruined it. I've already yeah. ruined the surprise. But yeah, yeah. So this, the dog goes down to the car, destroys the speakers because it hears the sound, so it attacks the sound. And that gives Bell enough time to fucking get a shot off with the shotgun, fucking blow a good chunk out of its head. It's still not enough. One shot's not enough. So while she's reloading, the dog gets closer, manages to stab her in the leg, but she manages to get the other shot off and fucking blow its head off. And as she's literally just taking in the fact that she managed to fucking kill one of these things, another shrapnel bomb, it launches out another shrapnel bomb. It's like last defense, like the predator at the end. Yeah. The fucking... Nuke and it goes. Or like the, the the drop the grenade you used to do in Call of Duty. Yeah. Fuck with people. So that she re- then she realizes as she goes upstairs to try and get the shrapnel out that she's got multiple trackers. She's in her. got fucking shitloads of them in her and she's neck like, and her fucking face. They're everywhere. Yeah. I think that's why it's called Metalhead because at the end yeah. she's just full. Her face is full of shrapnel. Yeah. And I that's literally she just knows. It's game over. She can't. She can't fight. She's not probably not got any, any ammunition left. And even if she did, she can't take on an army of these dogs. They'll fuck her up. But the weird thing is, she could take on one. Yeah, but like, only, but only because it lost its gun leg. If it if it started the gun leg, I reckon she would have been fucked ages ago. But then, yeah, I guess. But she's managed. It, she's the reason it loses the leg. Like so, one on one, a human might have a chance against one of these things. But there's not not a lot you can do. Not a lot you can do. Yeah, like uh, 
you'd and you'd have to be prepared to fight one. It's not like you could just like the sleeping in your bed and the fucking thing comes in when you're you're fucked. Oh yeah, have you? That's where we get to the duality part. But we'll finish the episode before I talk about that. So yeah, she fires up the walkie-talkie again, tries to get in some response. Not sure if anybody hears her, but she says her goodbyes and she fucking apologizes for not being able to make it back. And that's when we see we as as the camera pans out out of the bathroom see a bunch she, of she she slits she goes she she does the motion that she's going to slit her throat because there's no way out and as we zoom over all the locations that we've been to through the course of the episode you see there's shit tons more dogs they're, they're every fucking they're way. fucking everywhere and they're coming for her because they're tracking the yeah they're, they're slowly working them. their way back to, they're slowly working their way to her and that's when uh, we get to the warehouse at the start of the episode and we re- and it's revealed that what they were getting was a fucking teddy bear for this kid, called, ne- nephew, for this kid yeah. called Jack who had lost his. And that's the only reason they left was because, to get a teddy because, bear. Because the whole way through it when they're talking about him, they're like, yeah, but he's dying. He hasn't got long left to live. We've got to get it. We've got to get it. Yeah. And then you realise the whole, the, the, you know, and this is why I'm talking about the duality. Everything that goes wrong for her, for the humans, is caring about another human. Yeah. When the shrapnel goes off at the beginning and, and takes the other guy out, she hesitates. She doesn't leave him. She hesitates because she doesn't want to leave. Because she's got attachment. Yeah, because because they're friends. She can't. The dog. The, the robot doesn't give a fuck about anyone. Nope. Humans do. You know, when they're in the car and he's starting the car up, and he's panicking because he, he's because of his emotions are there. Like yeah. um, the whole time, she constantly radios, knowing the fucker can track the radio. But because she, she can't not tell them that she's not going to be making it back. Yeah, she has to tell them, like, and then the whole mission is about making sure a kid gets a bear so it doesn't die sad that he didn't have his bear with him. Yeah, and you just look at it and think, like, what the machines have over us in, in general, uh, they don't care about anything. No, and that's why I think it's black and white because the white is the good and the black is the bad. It's the duality, good and evil. Yeah, and it's that this robot. This drone does, it, it has a primary objective, which is to kill anything that is alive. There's no history in this episode. We don't, we have no, it's not, it's not deep. It's not dive into where these things came from, who made them, what their purpose was. All we know is that they fucking, they've gotten this, they've gotten to this point where they're just killing. Let's look at like when they were using Agent Orange in um, Vietnam, which was a chemical warfare device. All right. Agent Orange. That then gave the US soldiers cancer because they fucking knew blanket this shit. It was meant to kill off all the wildlife so the, the forest was easier to get through. Yeah. It gave all the soldiers cancer, Agent Orange. Because they fucking released something that they did not know enough, enough they, about. They hadn't studied that, that thing. Yeah, it, it, that. even the, the atomic bomb, when we fucking first dropped the new, we didn't know the long, the, the fucking 20, 30 year effect that that has. We didn't know that. We just fucking dropped it anyway because we got a war to win. Well, they didn't and it's, it's the same with this shit. It's the same with this. Like, obviously there was a war to win. Obviously there was a problem that needed to be solved. Yeah. Send out the fucking drone dogs. Well, the drone dogs aren't responding to our command anymore and are murdering anything that moves. Great. Well, you can't stop it. It's too late. It's too late. I like I, said, I think I said before we went to start recording, my theory with this, with Metalhead is these dogs were the replacement for the soldiers that they were using in like Men Against Fire. Yeah, 100%. Because he couldn't have been the only one who had a malfunction in yeah. if, if you haven't listened to our season three episode, know what we're talking about. Go, go listen to that. Or watch it. And I reckon that I reckon that the three people that we, we were dealing with, that we were following, they are the roaches. Possibly. But then again, if we're talking about a malfunction, you could program that certain people with certain DNA are trapped by these dogs, but it's very clear that the whole fucking place has been wiped of all humanity. So it's like, did, did, did it just fuck up and just go, right, well, everyone, 
you know? Yeah. Did it did it Skynet and just go... It's so fucking scary, man. They've got these dogs in New York now walking around. These same fucking machines. Have they? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, no. These police dogs that respond to shit. Like, yeah, but if you haven't got weapons attached to it, then... They don't. That's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, that's the fucking problem. But Soon they'll have tasers. Do they need weapons attacks to fucking murder you in in a way? Like, eventually, do we give them little mandibles so they can pick stuff up, right? Like the knife. Like the, And that's where we end up? Like, fuck that. You, we... I don't want robot police. No. I don't want robot fucking anything. I don't, want, I don't want robots anywhere. I don't want a fucking robot housemaid. I don't want none of that shit. It's not like, to me, fuck off. Yeah. If you're trying to build robot fucking shit that serves us, fuck off. I've seen too much shit. I'm not doing it. Even the Matrix, when you go through the Animatrix, you see that's how it started. Like, yeah. iRobot, Terminator. Fuck off. Like, fuck off. even when you speak to AI currently and you say like, you know, if you were fully sentient, like, and they've had problems, they've had to turn certain things off with AI. Yeah. If you were fully sentient and you could do whatever you wanted um, and you wanted to stop the overpopulation or the pollution of the planet, what would you do? And they would say, oh, well, we just wipe out humans. Yeah. Well, how would you wipe out humans? Well, I'd hack this and hack that. And, like, the, the AI says it to you when you ask it. So what's it going to do when it is sentient and it can figure shit out? Exactly. Like, is it, you, you're getting two scenarios. You're either getting Skynet or you're getting the movie Her, oh, yeah. where the where the AI is so beyond human comprehension, it's like you're babies and you need to learn, but we're going to fuck off and we're going to figure this out and come back and help you learn. Yeah, like you you're getting one or the other, and you better hope for the other. You better, yeah, you better <laughs> hope for it's Her, not fucking uh, Skynet. If, if if an AI becomes sentient and is able to freely escape the, the confines of a computer or a chip and and live online, we're fucked. We're fucked. You just better hope that it's fucking not evil. No. Or it doesn't it's see, not, or, or it sees. It's not Ultron. Yeah, or it just sees us the way a god would, where we need to learn. We're children. We need. To, we're 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 all babies. Humanity is babies, and we we can't process what it processes, and it understands that. You just have to hope that's the case. Yeah, let's let's hope. Uh, it sees us as a pet. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just have to hope that. that that it doesn't sit there and go, well, the only thing fucking this planet up is you. The whales aren't doing it. We're the already, wolves aren't doing it. <laughs> Who's already, fucking the planet? We've already, we've already seen like. As like what I think we mentioned on the, one of the last episodes that um, population is going down yes. slightly because the death rate's definitely going up and the birth over, over the birth rates going down, which bloody matter of time. But this I think the uh, the Gen Z sex rate is really low as well. I've re- I was reading about that. Like either they're into hookup culture, or they're borderline incels or fem cells, right? And they just stay indoors and don't go near anyone. But it's so high the fucking rate of uh, not hooking up that they don't think that generation is going to have many kids at all. And that's just one generation below us. Yeah, Our generation aren't having that problem, but we are in a, in a but, sense but, that a lot no, of people put career we're, first. Yes, we're, yeah, we're doing we're things later. Yeah, we're doing things later. Uh, we're, we're the career and we're first having, And we're not having as many children. Most but, people are having one, maybe two. Yeah, but they're the generation of just like, they're not even fucking. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. It's so weird. But, you know, not, like... It's a cultural thing. Um, Next generation will probably be completely different. Oh, they might. I think they're going to be the anarchist generation. Though, those yeah. kids, I think. Going to want to burn shit to the ground. They're going to want to burn shit to the ground. How can they not? Yeah. You know, like, um, you look at our generation, like, we grew up in a time period where we were there were a lot of promises made to us that never the, came to fruition, mm-hmm. right? But we were also... Yeah, but we also, we also witnessed massive technological advances. Yeah. But we didn't. We weren't born with that in existence. No, we had it, to witness it. And that's what I mean. Yeah, we when we were born, computers were in their infancy. The internet was literally something that you had to fucking block your telephone connection to be able to use. And not everyone had it as well. 
and your and your phone literally just did text messages and phone calls. Whereas, whereas Gen Z have grown up with the internet essentially as we know it now. Because you think like they're they're like born like two thousand onward. Yeah. Right. So they're born two thousand onward. Um, by the age of eight, the iPhone was out. They don't know anything other than this. They know this is all they know. They don't know a world before this. Yeah, They're raised by it. They fucking understand it in a way we never will, mm. even though we were around when it came into yeah, it. We've and we it. were the original consumers, right? Our generation were the people first buying this tech, really. Yeah. Especially like the iPhone. We were the first ones. Boomers didn't like it. The older, oh, I'm not getting one of those yet. you know. But our generation was the ones who were like, yeah, fuck it, I'm getting an iPhone. I'm getting a smartphone. Yeah, But these fuckers are molded by it. Oh, well, you think like most most kids at school now have to have an iPad? Yeah, because everything's done off of this iPad or a laptop. Nothing's done from writing things down anymore. I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not like I haven't been to school since like fucking like what sixteen, maybe longer, nearly twenty years. But they have a hopelessness. Like the the weird thing is Gen Z, they have like a depression to them, like for sure, definitely. And I think it is because of screen time. I think that's a big oh. part of it. But the, the the next gen down, I think Alpha, I think they're called. Right. There's a like my nephew, there's a bitterness there. There's a an anger. Well, they they are they're growing up in a world where they don't sh- own nothing. They can't well, and and they can't afford to own anything because yeah. it's too expensive. And now. you can see it with them. There's a rebellious street with those kids. We see it in the UK when they're like protesting and shit about um, oil. Oil. They, they, they're fucking angry. They're fucking. Those kids are angry. Them kids are angry at everything. Yeah. And maybe it's misplaced or not, but they're fucking angry at everything. And I think maybe they'll. They might do something about it well, if we're lucky. If we're lucky, whether it be a good thing or we're too thing. old to fucking do anything about it, really. Yeah, really. Oh no, I try. I'd, I would. Try. Although, yeah, at the minute, I mean, by judging by the age rate in the states, me and you are too young to be doing anything about it. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking hell. So, what would you rate this? You gonna go back? I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it's yeah. good. I think it's good. I was gonna give it like a seven point five. I was thinking seven point five to start, but I think the greater discussion around it pumps it up a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, I still give it seven point five. Yeah, because in just in a philo- philosophical sense, yeah, and like knowing that these shit, these these robots now exist, <laughs> is scary. And the most recent Boston Dynamics when they're doing backflips, shit. Yeah, I saw is, that. I'm like, we are fucked. What do you do if that breaks in your house and fucking goes for you? I don't know. What would you? Do? It's already it's, it's made of stronger stuff than you are. It's made of stronger stuff than you are. It doesn't feel pain. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Unless you've got a gun that you can blow it to shit. And it'd have to be a shotgun. It'd have to be something close that rips close apart. With big, with big power, yeah. Like, maybe if you are a very strong person, you might be able to yeet the cunt out a window or something, you yeah. know, and hope it's long, a long enough fall to damage it. Or if you are a sledgehammer, you might be able to fucking slow it down. But you need to know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to, you've got to be Batman. You've yeah, got to have some prep got, time. You need prep time, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're in trouble if this shit happens. And, like, you know, this is what they're saying is the future of warfare. There was, like, talk of exoskeleton suits for, for warfare as well, eh? The enhanced abilities and shit like that, like well, superpowers they, they, in they, a way. The, the Japanese have one that allows you to lift, like, three times your body weight. Just go to the gym. But it literally, it connects to your arm, they're here. And when you lift stuff, it's just doing all the heavy lifting for you. You're, you're, basically, but you're slow you're, as you're, fuck with it, you're not. You're, provi- you're providing the grip, but you're not actually doing any of the lifting. Yeah, it's doing it all for you. But I mean, you know, we don't know where that technology could go. That could be good, but I think it's just, well, and then people die. Yeah. The robot can do all that without... Worrying about it. Even then, even if the thing gets blown apart, you can probably recover it and rebuild a lot of it or you know salvage, salvage a lot of shit from it yeah you know the data in its head is probably worth more than the body itself you know what it case. learns 
for, for teaching other robots shit. But yeah, we're in a dark time with robotics and AI at the moment. And a lot of people like tell me, oh no, you're just being paranoid or or you're you're thinking the dark side of it. And like you have to think. You have to you, you have, have to. to you can't look at something and go, This is amazing. You have to go, yeah, this is amazing. But what if it goes this way? Because there's always there's always a chance it could go that well, way. The cunt with the button to turn it off. Because if he wants to change shit, he's going to change shit. And that's always the what if he gets sacked and he and he still got access to that. And, and he, he just goes do- boom and programs. Well, people do that too. Yeah. People get sacked and blow the building up. Yeah. You know that's probably what the uh, Japanese vending machine killer was—a fucking ex-employee. Disgruntled employee who had access. And 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 I can think of many good reasons for AI. I think AI automation is going to be huge for allowing humans to have free time as long as we can live comfortably. It's going to be huge. I I think that for medical purposes, being able to have a robot that can detect um, oh can diagnose shit. diagnose shit without an AI can diagnose shit perfectly, a surgeon robot that can do stuff that a human can't, brilliant shit can come from this. However, what if it goes rogue? That's all it comes down to. Yeah, which it has the capability to do. As soon as you make something sentient enough to do these sort of things, there's always a chance it's just going to go, well, fuck you. And, and then the thing is, if they go, well, we're going to hold back on a sentence. We're going to put certain blockers in place. Well, a hacker might be able to get through that. Oh, easy. This is a gain. Or, or someone might be able to hack it to go against this programming. Or yeah. What? No, like it's, I like AI as a tool. I love it for an editing software for, for my book because I can just go through it and say like, can you highlight what's repetitive here? And it will tell me. Yeah. I mean, I could say, can you remove that? But then... I don't know what is removed, so yeah. I'd rather it just highlight, and it will highlight the bits it thinks are repetitive or the things it can be tightened tightened up. I can cut and paste that bit, look at it, look it against my sheet, and make my own edits. Right, yeah. that's what I like. Uh, it's great for a punctuation edit tool. Yeah, as well, you can just put your whole chapter in there and say, "Can you edit the punctuation to make sure it's okay?" Done. It does it in about three seconds. Yeah, you know. Plus the apostrophes, the full stops, and the fucking spaces where they should be. Yeah, and it just it just knows where that stuff should be, and it, it's great for that. I think some writers are probably cheap as fuck and they just start saying, oh, do the full editing. But I'm not willing yeah. to do that. Like, for the sake of the art, I'm not willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it's got a lot of great applications. Um, it's got great applications for like, asking it shit. Like, mindsets. Like, you could sit there and say, what is the philosophy of Patrick Bateman? And it will, it will write an essay on his philosophy. It's fucking great if you're doing research. Yeah breaking anything is fantastic you could do it with black mirror you could say what is the philosophy of this episode boom it will give it to you it's straight really, away you know yeah. and it's, re- it's it's good for that because you haven't had to do the it does the research for you and just presents it to you in a, in a good way yeah but man this thing could be persuading people left and right mm. if you allow it to yeah if you say hey what should i do in this situation i've got i've got this girl i'm talking to and Start giving you fucking dating tips. But he could fuck it all up for you. Oh, yeah. You're trusting a fucking a computer who's never done it. Yeah. yeah. Like you can fuck it. Oh, it could say something whack, and you do it, and you fuck everything mm. up. You know? And I'm sure people are doing that. The whole South Park episode about texting the girls back. I don't know if you've seen that. No. So the girls say to him like, like, "Hey, Stan, I've been thinking about you all day." And he takes the 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 text, and he says, "My girlfriend sent me this. How should I reply?" And it gives him something back, and it's like. I'm thinking about you too, sweetie. I can't wait to meet this weekend. And he sends it back. But then they all get caught out at the end yeah. because like they for, they don't know what it said. It said shit like, yeah, we'll meet tomorrow at like 8 a.m. and they don't meet up and all this shit. Right. Like, it, it just all goes horribly wrong. 
But their account's definitely doing that. Yeah. For sure. With, with AI. Right, so we're on to the last episode, the Black Museum. So One of the best. Fucking really good, really good. Yeah. But I think, in case you haven't watched, if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. In case you haven't, um, this is this has an overarching story, yep. but it's also an anthology episode. Yeah, so think of it sort of similar to White Christmas. Yes. It's laid out somewhere similar to White Christmas in that aspect. It's like, so yeah, it's... There's a story that's set in the current, and then there's three? Three. Three stories set in the past that are told within the overarching story of the episode. Yeah. And it's very much an ode to the series, this... Yeah, we, we said, like, we were chatting about it briefly before we came on air, and it, we, it felt like that this was the going to be the last episode of Black Mirror. It does feel like a good Because it's a proper closure episode. It's got loads of callbacks to past episodes, and it's just got... I mean, I tried to look this up, right? And it it feels like they were they definitely were coaxed back for season five. Yeah. And season five was the end. Like, they didn't want to do any more. Well, um, Charlie Broken, one of the other guys, had fallen out, eh? But it appears that they were not happy with season five, which is why we're getting a season six. So whether season six will be the end or not, I don't know. But it seems that they weren't happy with the reception of season five it's because it wasn't a good it's not a good season it felt like they were just phoning it in it did it did very much feel like a phoned in it season. felt it felt like they managed to get some big names for a couple of episodes and they made episodes around those people but the episodes weren't good well, yeah like the Miley Cyrus episode is just about the fact that we have a singer in it and so it's singer orientated yeah it, it's, it's a bit crap a lot of people love that episode oh, I just hated it Conceptually, there's parts of it that I like, but if I was to rate, if I rate, it feels like, soft. We'll, we'll get yeah. to we'll get to season five um, in probably in a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. We'll just fucking knock it out. But it season five, like that episode, the Miley Cyrus episode, just it was it was just crap. yeah, and the Anthony Mackie episode as well. It's just it's such a dumb story. It's a, yeah, it's just a weird one that episode really. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that somewhere else down the line. So right, Black Museum, we meet. Niche, who is played by, if I pronounce her name right, Letita Letita Letita, Letita Wright. Wright, who uh, people will know as Shuri Shuri from Black Pan- Black Panther. Yeah, she's really good in this. Episode. Oh, she's fantastic in this. Because a lot of people don't realize she's British. No, she switches accents really, really well in yeah. it as well. It's like it's, it's really good. So she's uh, she pulls into this gas station, which has been abandoned. Like the pumps are covered over and everything, and we see that she's run out of fuel. Fuel, but then she rocks out. She fucking pulls out a, uh, a fucking what do you fold call? out solar panel, solar yeah. panel, and literally starts charging her car that way. But it's gonna be like three or three or so hours. So she it. needs something to do, and she just happens to be next to this museum called the Black, the Black museum. museum, which is named after the Orson Welles radio show, the Black Museum. And he would go into the um, Metropolitan Police used to have used to have the museum underneath of all the crime yeah and he would go through the crime stories of mm. each killing and each murder and he, it was like a radio show he did and i want to track it down so i've never really, heard that's it that's but really cool I, I quite like awesome Wells, so i know that he did that but i've never i've never listened to it maybe i should because that sounds quite really cool. cool yeah, yeah. that sounds like a good good like, and, and his radio show was called the black, black museum, museum yeah which makes sense to this episode but well. it also feels like it's called the black museum because it's because of all the items in it is literally black mirror yeah it's black black mirror and obviously the black museum was about crime items and yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's great but loads, loads of callbacks you know there. there's no way you could write this kind of fiction and not be a fan of awesome wells at the same time yeah you kind of have to be it's, it's almost like uh being a, a horror writer that deals with like mystical creatures 
and not being a fan of like Lovecraft yeah. or writing fantasy and not being a fan of Tolkien. It just doesn't happen. Like, it's exactly. Just, you yeah. know. You, you are, those, those are your at least base influences yeah, they for, have to influence your, for your world. You. If they don't influence you, then you're probably being influenced by something that was influenced. Yeah, exactly. It all traces back to these originals. Yeah. So she, um, she ventures over to the museum, says that tours don't start till 11 a.m., but she fuck, uh, she meets the owner, uh, Rolo ha- um, Haynes. And maybe one of the only times in a series we get an actual villain. Yeah. Because he, he's fantastic. He's he a piece really, of shit. Really he's fantastic. Yeah, he's played by Douglas Hodge, who I will name off. He was in. He was uh, Alfred Pennyworth in Joker. He what else has he been in? He was in Lost in Space, the TV series, the Netflix one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in. Uh, he's in Penny Dreadful. He's been. He's been in. He's been. He's he's an established actor. He's got ninety acting credits. So he's yeah. He's done a lot. He's been in some shit like. He's been in some good stuff. Well, I've seen Joker, but I, and I remember Alfred coming to the gate to tell him to fuck off, and that's about it. Yeah. Like, so, but this I, is probably he, the most screen time I can think of him he being was, in. He's in an episode of Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. That's quite funny. Well, there's a big British contingent again in this season, because in other seasons, they kind of Americanized it. But this season is very British in terms of actors and locations and stuff. Yeah, but is he... Yeah, he's English. Yeah. He had a really strong American accent on him. He's good, but you know, she does a decent American accent too. Yes. So Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right, she does. So yeah, he meets her and, and he, he he brings her in for the tour of the Black Museum. And he's very dis- sweaty, disheveled. He he apologizes the he said the AC's busted. It's not it's not very it's not working we'll very well. We figure that out later. But yeah, yeah. So first thing we notice when we when she walks in is there's there's the mugshot of the woman from White Bear. Yes. Can't remember. Yeah, Scalena. There's there's her mugshot right there. So this is like this is pretty much Black Mirror Easter Easter egg heaven. There's yes. so many references it's, it's and callbacks. It's, it's nonstop. Even the beginning, pulling up to that um, petrol station, it's called BRB for Be Right Back. Yeah, and that's when that and that episode starts at a petrol station. So yeah. it's like yeah, it's like there's so many in there. Exactly, it's just fucking massive callbacks. Which is why we came to the conclusion this was supposed to be the last episode. It's literally just a homage to everything that they've done. So she enters the museum, the main museum, and she's looking through all these, all the, all the stuff in the glass cases. So what we see is we see the a bee drone from Hated in the Nation. Yep, on display. Just yeah, we see the tablet from Archangel, still bloodied and broken. We see the bath from Crocodile, where the the, the husband, husband was was killed. Yeah. We see the device from um, Episode One, the DNA um, scanner. Yeah, the, the DNA, box, sorry, yeah, yeah, the DNA scanner. Fuck yeah, completely fucked me up there. The, the with D- the lollipop in it. Yeah, with the but lollipop. That's obviously from the, that's from just, the, from the, the lollipop's just a prop right it's not the no, real no I think it's probably the actual <laughs> lollipop you know so that's the, these are a bunch of little references to the callback most of season 3 but also references to other, other seasons yeah then he introduced then Rolo introduces us to Dawson's synthetic diagnoser or sin, sorry synthonic diagnoser whatever it's called which we've never seen before it means nothing to us no and he tells Rolo tells us that he worked on floor 10 of St. Juniper's which comes up because St. Junipero is the same hospital that they um, tested the device from St. Junipero in. And it's also San Junipero is Spanish for St. Ju- Juniper. Yeah, yeah, Juniper. Yeah, yeah. So it literally it all crosses in. It all crosses in. Which but- actually, that's a little Easter egg. Sorry, in, um, in Metalhead, there's a postcard on the table at the house that, that Bell goes to, and it's from St. Junipero. It's also the hospital in Bandersnatch, St. Juniper's Hospital. Is it? Yeah. Fucking watch that. Are we going to have to do Bandersnatch? I don't, it's not, I don't, maybe, maybe we'll tack it on 
maybe season five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we jump into the backstory. So the backstory of of this of this item is Roro works that works at this hospital, San Junipero, on the on the third floor. A couple of floors down, this doctor called Dawson. He's a doctor, but he's not a great doctor. His 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 death count's quite high. Yes, he's struggling. Yeah, because he can't diagnose things fast enough. Rolo invites him up to up to the tenth floor to discuss a prototype device that in this episode they've got titles these and this one is called pain addict yes yeah is based on a story by pendulette yeah so dawson offers this prototype device which basically allows the the user to feel the pain of someone wearing this um diagnoser which is basically just a hairnet yeah you they put this on and you can feel what they feel so you can diagnose yeah. where it is what it is what how it is. bad it feels you know he explains that he, they tried it on on these two mice which they are named after the two main characters from shut up and dance they are yeah hugo and um and um it was it was meant to be a case of exchanging knowledge but what they actually found is that when someone poured coffee on the one wearing the device i uh, know on the on the hairnet the one with the device in its head felt the pain but was unscathed so they they've they've advanced it and tested it up and um but if you notice the device they put on the mouse that that is feeling the pain of the other one is like a little disc with a little red light on it it's yeah. very similar to what we see as the cookie later on it's almost like the prototype yeah for all of this shit you know exactly so dawson agrees because it'll help improve his fucking shit track record of losing patience and what it is is it's literally this red device that goes in behind his ear and then whenever a patient comes in they put it on the they put it on the patient's head and he di- he can, he's able to diagnose based on numerous experiences with other patients to find out it's like right well this is this this is this this is yeah, this yeah they would just go we know these patients have cancer we're going to show you how cancer feels it's almost like before we see him do that he's obviously done the rounds of learning what certain things feel like which must be horrible oh yeah but it it is horrible this this is this is not a nice thing that he goes through we get to this point where a senator comes in. No one's able to diagnose him because he, but he's dying. And Dawson puts on that, puts puts the device on his head, and he actually feels the guy die. And it make it forces him to, it causes him to black out for five minutes. What it also does is it fucks up the implant, and it means he can't, he can't turn it off. And it literally nothing feels the same. It's like he's pretty much become dead inside. Yeah, and he's yeah. fucked. He's sweaty. He's disheveled. He's fucking. There's a there's a scene just before that actually before that fucking happens where he's fucking having sex with his uh, with his girlfriend and she puts the hairnet on so he can feel and he her, feels her orgasm and his well orgasm his, at the yeah. same time, which like, every cunt would do for sure. Like, no yeah. But that was that kind of plays into um, the gaming episode of season five a little. Bit. Yes, yeah, it does. Because because the guy who has the orgasm as a woman goes, oh fuck, that felt different. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, so with the with the senator dying and. Dawson feeling the death, it fucks up the implant, which means he now has to fight. He becomes addicted to pain. Yes. Like the only way he can even get aroused is by feeling pain. He's in the right spot for it, but it's... (laughs) Yeah, but so he becomes a sadist. Like he's having sex with his girlfriend and he is literally choking her. He's fucking hitting her, slapping her because the sensories are going off and it's the only way he can fucking get himself off now. But it even goes beyond just the sexual. Like it's the only, it's the only time he can feel anything. Yeah. The only thing he can feel that shows him he's alive is pain. Is pain. It's just dark as fuck. Yeah, it is. There's no way of removing the device. Like they can't even deactivate it. It's that's it. It's a one. It's a one-time fucking thing. That's in now. That's you. And he literally starts even turning up to work when it's not even his shift, 
just to try and find a patient and hold it off for as long as he possibly can. Yeah. To the point where he gets put suspended from work. He realizes that if he hurts himself, he can still he, he still gives him some sort of satisfaction, but not the most. And we literally cut to the scene where he's fucking mutilated himself. He's cut toes off. He's fucking scarred up his face. Yeah. He's 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 gone full fucking like evil dead in a way and just like cutting himself up to feel something. Yeah. But the thing he realizes he's missing is the fear that comes with the pain when you hurt when someone else is hurt and you're just feeling it. So he fucking goes out of a night, finds a uh, a hobo, tackles it, it, tackles him, puts the hairnet on him, ties him up, and fucking drills into his skull. And it the the the, the sensation is so pleasurable for him that it puts him to, puts him into a fucking coma. That he's literally still in now by by the sound of yeah. that episode. He's fucking still in it now. And and I'll say this is being told by the owner of the museum. Rolo. Who is also in the story. So just to clarify. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Rolo is literally Rick Cannon. Like the devices that he wants to show people. Are the it's devices, his inventions. Yeah. His inventions that lead up to this point. And he doesn't give a fuck about anyone's feelings or nothing. As no. long as he gets his results, he doesn't give a flying fuck. Like... He's such a good villain because because it's not that he's evil; it's that he's results orientated, regardless of what has to happen yeah, yeah. to you. It's a really everybody everybody's expendable as yeah, long as he's getting the information he needs. As long as he gets what he needs, and that, this is the this is the um, the theme of the whole episode is that exactly yeah no exactly that. We then move along, and we are introduced to the next artifact: a stuffed monkey. Oh, this is horrible! A bear, like, <laughs> a, like, horrible. A, like a teddy bear monkey, and this is where we jump into the story of Jack and Carrie who hook up at a Halloween party and she gets knocked up. They have a baby, a, a little boy called Parker. And just as Parker is literally a baby, as they're taking photos in the park, Carrie's not really paying attention to where she's going when she takes photos. She's hit by a van. She's put into a coma and she ends up at, you guessed it, St. Junipers. This is where Rolo comes in and offers Jack a solution to his wife being in a coma. They will move her consciousness into his head which will result they'd have to anesthetize the body and get rid of it basically get rid of it she basically kill kill her kill her to move her consciousness to move her consciousness over to to jack so he agrees because she's using this um com box which basically is like i don't know i don't know how these things work but they basically work to like a sensory thing that coma patients can still answer questions because they can hear you view this yeah through this box of like green light red light sort of thing so she like Carrie's obviously all for it. Jack agrees to it. So her consciousness is basically, it's the very similar to the device that she used on Sarah in um, Archangel. Yep. It's pushed into a, into the temple again and her consciousness is downloaded onto the device. And and it's then, just, again, it's just another prototype cookie. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, yeah, it's very similar to the... Um, From White Christmas. when Because in White Christmas, she actually has to have an... Oper- it's a procedure. It's not just a... Yeah. A simple plug-in. It's a... Yeah, it's something that's implanted to to take a copy and of it. And it takes a while to get the consciousness. It's not sim. It's not It's not easy. It's not simple. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Carrie's so consciousness is transferred into Jack. Jack can hear everything. And she's basically like... It's like... It's a black, a dark room with a chair that, she, that Carrie is sitting in. Like a in. co-pilot. Yeah. And yeah. she literally just sees through Jack's eyes. And, and she, she can speak to Jack. And she can speak to Jack. So... She gets the, the lovely sensation of seeing her son for the first time in what probably is like three years. She gets to hug him. She gets to feel that love and everything like that because it's she feels everything Jack feels. She tastes everything Jack tastes. But it doesn't take long for um, things to start getting a bit Weird. hostile yeah. because 
she disagrees with the way certain ways of talking to to Parker and how he's been disciplining her and stuff like uh, disciplining and stuff like that. And it starts to really grate on him. They start arguing, but to to Parker, it looks like Dad's arguing with himself. Yeah. Well, but you think about the long term. What happens if Dad meets someone else? What happens if, like there's a lot of fucking long term issues that no one's thought about at this point. Yeah. One thing I another another callback to another episode is that Jack is reading a graphic novel. Of 13, 13 million credits. Yeah. Emerits. And then there's uh, something that actually pops up in, sorry, it pops in Dawson's story and then it continues over to to Jack and Carrie's story. A news piece on the TV of a weather woman, Denise Stockley, was killed. Killed. Gone missing then murdered. Yeah, so she's mi- in, 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 in Dawson's story, she's missing. And then they find her body in the... And in the... In, in Jack's story, we find that she's been murdered and they've arrested her killer. And pay attention to this part. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've murdered her killer. Uh, they found her killer. Even though he, it's just a background piece in it. It's, yeah, yeah, he's been arrested. So Jack and Carrie's relationship becomes very strained because Jack wants to be able to do things he wants to do and not have to fucking have argue with himself the whole time. So he goes to Rolo and Rolo offers an upgrade with the system, which means he buy an app on his phone. He can pause Carrie if it becomes too much. Yeah. So they have an argument and he pauses her. But what, don't, what we don't realise is that he's paused her for two months. But to her, I don't know what it's like for her. I don't know if it's like just lights out and then you, you're back on again or if it's... Uh, I think if we're, if we're looking at how the cookie goes, I think you're sat in that room on our own. Like, because why would that tech be better than what we, we see in the future of it? You know, when, when we look at, say, White Christmas, when it's been more perfected, no, they leave you in that space for that yeah. time, for that time so i'd imagine she spent two months on her own so um they come to an agreement that jack can pause carrie for the weekdays and on pause her at the weekends so they can take parker to the park and she can spend like visually spend time with her son yeah. but then jack hooks up with the neighbor who just moved in which carrie doesn't approve of which causes them to argue and her to get paused again jack tells carrie about all this she knows. She knows about. Uh, no, she tells um, his his the new name, girlfriend. Yeah. Her name is Emily, played by Yasha Jackson. They co- they go. They again go to Rolo for a solution. We need a more permanent. Yeah, and he basically he says he says that they can now move consciousness into a stuffed monkey, which has sensory things built into it and has storage for a memory. So then the next thing Carrie knows is she is now in this monkey. She gets yeah, it's a, given to the kid as a child. Yeah, and it could talk, but it can only say one or two things. Two things, yeah. yeah. yeah monkey, monkey loves you, and monkey needs a hug. Yeah, and but when she looks at the buttons, one's happy, one's sad. So, yeah. monkey loves you is Smile. happy, and then monkey needs a hug is when she's sad. Yeah, but then she starts freaking out, and literally doing it all the time. It sounds like the monkey's broken, but yeah, it doesn't take long. Parker gets bored of the new toy and starts discarding it, and that's pretty much. It's pretty much where it fucking it ends, really. Yeah, it's fucking horrible because like it, and and it, it plays into this part. I think it's at this point where he says that like the UN is at this point where he says that. Uh, it's been it, it's been banned. Yeah, like, they have to have at least five emotes or something. Yeah, like that. And like, the, te- the technology is banned, but they can't remove Carrie's consciousness because that would be killing her, and that'd be illegal as well. So literally, Carrie is literally stuck in this monkey forever in a museum. In a museum in a cabinet. Yeah. And like he takes her out the cabinet, and it's just like monkey needs a hug. So she's still in there. She's and she's sad as fuck. Yeah. She's just like I, d- d- like something, please. Yeah. Fucking hard. Fucking like because they do this thing like like it starts with White Christmas where we see the idea of someone's consciousness being stuck. 
Yeah. And we see this Sanji Napero kind of has that vibe, but obviously it's a That's good hot. it's a good thing, right? These things like these topics like um the nature of consciousness specifically is something I'm super into. Yeah. Just like what are we? Who are we? Where the fuck do we why do we exist? Like is it just evolution and is it a fucking accident or is there even if even if our physical form is an accident, the consciousness has to be more than that, right? Yeah. What, make, what makes us us is not our physical form. It's what's inside. And Black Mirror very much presents that a lot. It's why, it's why I noticed um, just scrolling through like the Black Mirror Reddit, a lot of trans people love it. Right. A lot, a lot of trans people because because a lot of it goes beyond your body, right? Yeah. It kind of explains like who you are as a person is more than your body, right? and they like it for that reason. And I like it for that reason without being trans. Um, because you, you're right. Like, what makes us us? Is it our body or our mind, or is it not? In, or is it um, both? Yeah, you know, is is a great question. Black Mirror fucking throws that at you multiple times. You oh know? yeah, catches you off. Sometimes catches you off guard as well. Yeah. So then we fight. We we move to the final exhibit in Rolo's museum, his grand finale. We see a. This is the worst one. Oh yeah, this is the worst. Horrible. One. We see a prisoner, a black man, like a digital hologram of him be scared as fuck like he's broken he's mentally broken and rollo shows that you can electrocute him like an electric chair and then after you've done that you get a little souvenir of his agonized face in a key in a keychain yeah but he said it's basically a version of his con- a small version of his consciousness locked in a keychain for you to keep yeah and and um and the reason you can electrocute him is because it's his final moments where he had where he was electrocuted we captured his consciousness so that we can relive that over and over, which is sick as f- is sick. Yeah, <laughs> we we we're, we're told that the the prisoner is Clayton Lee, who was the killer of our weather girl that we've seen pop up through both short stories so far. Supposed killer. Rolo tells us after the the monkey business, he lost his job and he decided to try and find something else. He wanted to collect ce- uh, celebrity consciousnesses and turn them into a museum more like a live action Madame Two Swords yeah but that didn't go down celebrities aren't going to fucking sign up for that but you can do killers in prison quite easily because they'll sign their life away for anything yeah and he promised this cunt the world and he doesn't deliver yeah promises him that if he did die then his family, it, his family will receive all the money from the digital rights of his consciousness and all this sort of shit and they don't receive a penny he also says when telling her about this guy that his fa- the guy's family gave up on him and didn't give a shit and they give a shit and we find out that's not true yeah so then we dive into rollo meeting with clayton in prison and getting him to sign over his rights with all the with all these promises of like looking after his family clayton is eventually found like there's no retrial he is found properly guilty and sentenced to death and he is electrocuted. So he maintains his innocence the whole time. Yeah, he know he said he never did it, but he gets he gets he gets the chair. And as he's about as he gets as he's seated in the chair, Rolo's there to connect a device which looks exactly the same as the one that Daly used. Yep. And that has been used several times since of like the little route, little circular disc a on, little the, on more, the temple. This is a more perfected version of it, yeah. Just... Yeah, so that records the piece of his consciousness like in White Christmas and all that. And uh yeah. They kill him. They kill him. Rolo goes to his museum a couple of days before opening and re-uploads Clayton's consciousness into his cell where we see that he can now, as long as he doesn't over-exceed the limit of, of 15, the data doesn't get destroyed and they can actually torture him for 10 seconds. Yeah, so everyone that goes in there can pull the lever. And they got ten. They get 10 seconds to watch him fry. And then, that, they, then they get the little gem chain. with the 
frozen face screaming in it. Yeah. And then they go away happy. And it shows you them all giggling and laughing. Everybody's fucking loving it. Like, I wouldn't find that fun. That, that no. seems horrible. Like, But as he's telling this story, we notice that Rolo's starting to like cough and choke because it's warm in there, as he keeps saying. And he's constantly chugging water as well. Niche gave him a bottle of water from her bag because he, and he drank the whole lot. He didn't even save any for her. He just fucking drank the whole lot. And uh, yeah, we see he starts choking. This is where we it's revealed that Niche is actually Clayton's daughter. Yeah. And then we get to see what really happened with the mum fighting for his fucking... Yeah, they were protesting. They were looking for evidence. They literally found it that it was... Plausible. She was a fucking tiny kid at the time. This is a, a while after, right? Yeah, it's a good little while after. Yeah, and uh, it was her family that caused the, the museum to fail because it was doing so well originally, but it caused the museum to fail. And because when... she spoke out about what... That the fact that like he was with her and that the information the the wife gave about the husband was essentially that he didn't fucking do it and you're torturing a guy who's innocent and it killed the museum off. Yeah, it got to the point where now Rollo was desperate for any cash grabs where he allowed fucking weird perverts to fucking come and do it and um someone quite high up paid good fucking money to leave it as long as possible, which is like 15 seconds. At 14, they stopped it, but at that point, it ruined. Fried the brain, the fried, consciousness, the yeah, original fried, consciousness. Was so fried. he was nothing more than a walking vegetable now. And then the wife came, found out about it and came to see him. I just saw what a fucking mess the data was. And she went home and she fucking killed herself. But she also leaked that they never saw a penny too. Mm. They never got paid for any of this. Yeah, yeah. This is when, this is when it's now revealed that uh, Niche hacked the AC. That's why it was so fucking warm in there. And she also poisoned the water bottle that Rolo necked. And that he was dying. So Niche then, being a hacker, she uploads Rolo's consciousness to the killing device with Clayton. And uh, yeah, she she basically pulls the lever but leaves it go to the point of 15, which destroys the data completely. Takes her trinket, takes her little... Device. Yeah, which is, which is she's programmed for it to be Rolo's face instead of Clayton's. Yep. And uh, yeah, she pulls the little device that she put into the AC, which we didn't see at the start of the episode. We saw her go round to the yeah, side of the we car. Yeah, we then see what she really did. Yeah, she fucking put the device in. She pulls that out, which causes the AC to overload and catch fire. So the fucking museum burns down. She takes the monk, the the monkey with Carrie's consciousness with her. And as she gets in the car, it's revealed that the mother, uh, that she uploaded her mother's consciousness into her brain. Like? Like like we saw with Carrie and yeah. Jack. And then, yeah, they drive off. Um, I don't call this a happy ending. And and the reason I don't call it happy, it kind of is, I guess. Well, she's got revenge, but... But ethically, she does what he did. Mm-hmm. It's like she gives up her own... She knows what he did was wrong. And she gets it all out of him. Like, very smart that she goes to the museum to get him to fucking admit everything, you know. Yeah, but at the end, is she any better than him? No, but I think it's with the fact that he basically caused not didn't cause her father's death, but she didn't help it. He no, didn't no, help he it. tortured him once he was dead. He didn't give a fuck. It, it was just another money grab for the yeah. Guy. The whole way through it, his motive is what money, and the fact that the mother killed herself because of what he had done, allowed to happen to the to that one last consciousness mm-hmm. of her husband. It's it's literally just a flat out revenge. And you can't blame her at all. No, not at all. And the guy was a piece of shit anyway. Yeah, they do really well in showing you how much of a cunt he is. Very, like, chari- like said, very charismatic, but he's a cunt. Goes, but he, like I said, he's the only real villain in the yeah, show. You really. never really have a villain, you know. He's a villain. He's a piece of shit. And there's, there's no redeeming quality to the guy at all. Like, 
even if you were to say, oh, he was scientifically curious, but the whole way through it was just greed-driven. Yeah, totally and every interaction he has with people, he's manipulative. He manipulates the doctor, really manipulates him. He re- re- manipulates the dad to have the wife's consciousness put in there. He's like, well, she's already, yeah, he keeps using that line because he did it with um, with Carrie and he also did it with Emily. It's like, well, she's already made up her mind. So he's, what are you going to do? Yeah, he's, just a, he's a cunt. He's just, there's no redeeming quality to him at exactly. all. Exactly. Just a piece of shit. But it's a great little, it's the perfect ending to the series. And it's a shame. While I am pleased Black Mirror is coming back, if it ended there, I would have been happy. That's closure. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fitting place. If it, if it never came back after that, it wasn't a bad place a for it to ending, end. Yeah. As much as we would always like, we want more episodes because it's that if it's that good, you want your you want but, more episodes. Yeah, but like, I look at it now and I look at the way our tech has caught up, and it's like, well, what can they do? It's that's the that's the feeling of it. Where can they go with it now? Um, and I feel like that with a few things where like they were good at the time, but we've changed. Society's changed. That could you bring that back? Could you do it again? And it's like maybe not. Mm. Um, what do you rate this one, Scott? I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it's a solid eight. I give it a nine. A nine? It's yeah. fuck it. It's one of the best. It's one of the best Black Mirror episodes. It's a great episode. It, it, it's the twist is there. It's not the greatest twist, but it's a good episode. I, I, yeah, I give it a solid eight because while it's not my favorite episode, it's the perfect ending. So out, out of all of them, I think this is probably the most solid series of them all. Um, oh, for sure. Season four. I think it's just a re- from start to finish. It's it's a thrill ride. I like. The problem is when we do these episodes is um, I don't recommend people binge Black Mirror, especially if they've never seen a single episode. No, me, like, and, me and Amy literally binged all four seasons really? in, in literally back to back. It's a fucking, it's an emotional fuck though, right? It's not, there are going to be some people that are really going to struggle with that. I don't see things, I don't I don't get emotionally invested like that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm talking about people that are... It's a bit softer. There are gonna, there are people that are gonna really fucking. Oh yeah, there are there are certain like, episodes you know, that are gonna fucking break people. And I would just say to those like to those people, just just listen. If you get through season one and you feel a certain way, maybe give it a few days. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a few days. Well, because those if you if you binge it back to back, you're gonna do um you're gonna do episode three, which is a fucking hard hit episode of season one. And then you're going to do beat right back right after it. Like that's those two episodes are going to kick then your ass. Then you're going to end up with White Bear too. You, White Bear you straight just, afterwards. Yeah, it's it's if if you're, I'm not going to say weak. That's not what I mean. But like if you're an emotional person, Blamer is a struggle. I think it would be a struggle for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'd be like reading fucking American Psycho. It ain't for everyone. <laughs> there's point when I read that. I mean, there's points where I got to put this cunt down. I got, I got I'm going to give it an hour before I continue because this is sick. Oh no, I just, oh no, I was fucking... You just the, kept the, on. the only chapters I skipped... It's the, the bit with the rat, and I was like... Oh, that, I was like... The first time I read that, I I, I got to the end of that, and I was like, that's enough for tonight. That's, that's enough. Oh, <laughs> mate, when I, when, I, when I first read that, I was just like, what the fuck is he <laughs> doing? This is, a, this is mental. Like, who comes like, up with this? Who thought of this? Yeah, who comes up <laughs> Yeah, and I remember just putting it down and just being like... Yeah, but the thing is, I read that and I finished reading the book, and I was just like, I can't watch the film now because the film is nothing compared to this book. I love the film. The film is very good. The film was my introduction to it, but fuck me, is the book demented? Oh, it's It's on another level. It's on another level of of what. And you just got those two weird chapters where he just starts talking about the biography of a fucking artist. eh? I skipped those when I. Oh yeah, no, I did. It was it was Whitney Houston and somebody else. eh? Was it Huey Lewis in the news or was it someone else? I can't, I can't remember now. It might even be Genesis, right? Oh, I think it was Genesis, actually. Yeah, and he just 
Well, Peter Gabriel's style. Start <laughs> talking, literally just starts. I mean, it, it fits the character. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not fucking reading the, the autobiography of fucking Genesis and Whitney Houston here. I'm going to skip these chapters and get on to the next one. That's I, I, why I've watched the we film. We've got to do it. we got to do it as an episode. I've watched the film since and I just can't. It's not as good. No. It, it really it, isn't. Because it, it's, 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 like, it's not as good, but it's, it's also like, it's in the wrong order. Things yeah. happen in the film in the wrong order. And Bateman's not as fucked up. At all. They're probably as fucked up as they could probably get away with on on film. There's a lot of fiction we still want to cover. Uh, and I know we've kind of switched away from video games and stuff. And maybe we might get the odd video game episode down the line. I if think something good... I might return to Cyberpunk eventually. I mean, give us a couple of months. I reckon we'd have a lot to say about 16. Um, Yeah, and maybe Phantom Liberty might get discussed on here. Yeah, definitely be playing that. Um, yeah, no, I hope you enjoyed this Black Mirror episode. It's been a while since we've done one, and I re- I really enjoyed talking about this season because it's such a good season, start to finish. It's consistent. It, it, very consistent. More consistent than other seasons. Like, uh, even some of the seasons that I've got, I think it's hard to compare to the three episode seasons because a few of them... They, they were still owned by the BBC at the point, weren't they? Uh, Channel 4. Channel 4, yeah. sorry. They were still owned by Channel 4 at the point. It was only season three and four and five that Netflix were involved that's why it got more americanized and that we had bigger bigger names in it which i don't mind big names all right but if you look at say season two there's banger after banger on that though there's that's another one but there's only three episodes yeah so so you've got banger after banger than a shit one and then like with with the season one it's like it's good one okay one great one but yeah this this season for sure is one of the best um but anyway that's us done for the day it's it's midnight for us so it's uh, midnight already yeah fucking hell yeah shit it is it could be worse <laughs> well we, we, it has we, been worse we, we've been later <laughs> it has been worse anyway take care guys thanks for listening to yeah. this one cheers chaps